Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Comic Clowns Podcast. This is Bruce Ward, Chief Hoover. Where's the Enforcer Vasquez? Don, go ahead. Don, uh, I guess we'll go with Giovanni this week. <laughs> You're not the Dungeon Dudes. No need to change your name every fucking video. Uh, well, since we're talking, de- since we're talking, what we're talking. Yep, and we are your one-stop shop for everything geeky, nerdy, D and D. You, you name it. We'll sit here and we'll talk about it. Everything from. Dungeons and Dragons to Magic the Gathering now being racist. Anything we'll talk about. We'll talk about it. Uh, we'll drink while we do it. Exactly, because you got to get the you got to get the libations. You know, it's, everything's great. Uh, this it's week, get through anything. Exactly. This week with me again, I have Jason Tecalescamado and Daniel Kong, aka the Dungeon Mapster, Holloway with me. A lot of names. <laughs> gotta, gotta love it uh, and um, th- for everyone who joined us last week I want to thank you for coming on and enjoying the, the fantastic job Kong did I mean it was it was fucking amazing like honest to god dude I, it, took me a minute to, it took me a minute to remember your real name was uh, no, no shit Kong. like 45 minutes <laughs> 45 minutes into the fucking session he goes who the fuck's this Dan guy I'm like it's Kong he goes oh shit why didn't you say that I'm like oh. I'm like god damn it I have many names god damn it Chris apparently your real name's not one of them um, <laughs> and it was it was a phenomenal event uh which culminated with the team of adventurers that I, the younglings that I have been with ever so long, coming forth face to face with a void dragon. And that's where we stopped because it was getting late and nobody wanted to watch our entire team get TPK'd and get pissed off like that late at night. I would, I want to watch the team get TPK'd. That's a whole other ball game though, that late at night. Because how many turns it takes? Like, shit. Uh, but this week we were going to play, but we didn't um, because one of our members couldn't make it. And now, now normally if one of our members can't make it, we just keep moving forward, whatever. That's why we have so many people. But this is fighting a dragon. Like, I, I, you got you got to pop his cherry. I don't want him like be without the whole group at this point, you know? Like, and we were in a dungeon. It's I, almost like the game was named made, after. It was made for this shit. It was made for this moment. So I didn't want to uh, lean him down like, and leave him out of that. I thought he'd have such a fantastic time. So uh, I wanted to wait on that s- story. So I figured we'll go back and we'll do it again some other time. Uh, but I-, I figured I already had such a charismatic group and good-looking group of people here with me. Uh, Only the best. I mean, Kong can turn off his camera anytime. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's fine. We all have facial hair. Three of us don't have hair on the top of the head. You really... It's good to go. Um, and, and a fourth one doesn't have much left. That widow's peak is going. Like, that thing... It's not even a widow's peak. It's just... Well, I guess... Eh, kind of... <laughs> uh, so it's I think peaking out there. It's a widow's arch. <laughs> so, um, thank it's you. a Juliet balcony at this point. So everybody who's listening to this on our podcast, on the podcast on Spotify, on YouTube, YouTube you'll get the video, but on like Spotify and Podbean and iHeartRadio and iTunes and all the other fun stuff that we're on, uh, enjoy this show. With this is not much visual cues; it's just us sitting around talking per usual. And I thought to myself. I haven't actually had a D&D conversation in a couple months. I figured, fuck it. 
why not? What's the word? Let, let's just sit around, do what we normally do, which is drink. I, I like that you walked that back for a second. You were about to say, what's the worst that could happen? And then you thought, no, no, we're not going to let it get that bad. Because uh, you know what that could be. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've seen the worst after a fucking co after a conversation, and I walked away for five <laughs> seconds and came back, and you and Gemma were on politics and conspiracy theories. We're right. not going that route tonight. <laughs> mm. So, for everybody who's listening right. to us, everybody who's listening to us live on twitch.tv slash comic clowns, I want to thank you all for being here. Uh, grab yourself a drink. We are going to just... We're going to talk straight shit about D&D for a bit. We're just going to talk. And then it's going to go down to D&D &D news. It's going to go down. And then we're, then as the alcohol flows just a little bit more fluidly, we'll pro we'll get we're going to get into stories. I just want you guys to tell us what you think of our stories in and in, in Twitch chat. And then if you have your own story, I'm telling you write that shit out. And myself, Kong or Don will do our best to narrate the story. Oh, for you. What did I get dragged into? <laughs> That's what I just thought of right it's, now. I'm like, we're going to do it. Fuck it. We're doing it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the, you know it's the problem it. whenever you do, as a DM, anytime you do anything special or a little extra, it becomes mandatory from then on, as uh, some members of our group found out when you make an accidental Marlon Brando voice, it require you commit it for the rest of the night. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's what happens. Uh, so let's personally quick talk about what's been going on. They're like, I'm used to like comic book releases being like every Wednesday. D&D &D is like doing the same shit now. Yeah. Because no they're kidding. like, we have so many people playing. And the one that I'm very happy about that I, I really want to play, and, and I'd actually hop in and play on a game and give it a go. And it would be, wouldn't be a warlock. Chris is shocked, I know. Um... <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, would be uh, it would be the League of Legends one because they're, they're at League of Legends. Someone's doing an unofficial League of Legends one right now. Oh, okay, unofficial. Which which I think they're probably going to get. They'll probably dive in with what they're doing. They'll probably hit on that at some point because they just brought in Magic and it's all Wizards. But I'm back. I can see them making a fucking like a connection there. Uh, but with the one I'm talking about is one of them is like a swashbuckler, uh, effectively your graves, and it comes with a gun. It's like they they stat out a gun for you and they give it to you, and I'm like, now that's entertaining. It's it's a fight. My bad. It's a fighter subclass that comes with a gun. That was what it was, and that that was very entertaining. That, uh. that sounds entertaining. Uh, I know they would have to do a lot of work on balancing because, as we all know, League of Legends is a very fair and balanced game. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, yeah, totally. I don't know what you're talking about, Yasuo Mains. Um, <laughs> Call me out. I'll do my best. It's yes, funny. That's definitely not the reason I stopped playing for like the past two years. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, I was actually playing with Zerker Kong not too long ago. Really? Yeah, he oh, plays. Man. So I've been hopping on with him. Uh, but then they also, they're going into Magic the Gathering, as we made that little segue earlier. And they're bringing in Ravnica. Now, I don't know who played Magic during that time. Ravnica was amazing. Uh, the first time they did Ravnica was like in 2005, 2006. And it was such a good time for Magic the Gathering that their, their, their population base went out the, went up pretty high it's pretty good it, it was a phenomenal time like i was buying booster boxes at that fucking point like 
and now they're bringing it because it was a city which is not unlike what we deal with with like eight or nine different guilds involved so you could play a different character from each area and depending on where you went from if you were the Let's say the Golgari, you were a fucking necromancer, effectively, with zombies everywhere. If you were the Rakdos, you were just a masochist. You were a fucking sadist and a, and a masochist all at the same time. It was great. And then if you were Orzov, you were all about, like, be, Orzov would be Don. That's the best way I can put it. Political. <laughs> it's political espionage with ghosts. That's the fuck they do. I like this, it. this dude's got a book in his hand. Uh, for some reason, and I can't tell why. Which one is it? Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. <laughs> there it is. You name it, I probably have it on my shelf. I have not. I have not picked that one up yet. Uh, oh, I'm a sucker for settings. The world ahead. that all these people can create is just astronomically insane. I, I can only aspire to be something like that one day. Especially Keith Baker's. Uh, Keith Baker? No, that's not right. Eberron. <laughs> Keith Baker, not Keith Baker. As, as he, looks, it, he looks to the mug like it's don't don't blame what's in the mug. It's you not took the, the mug's fault. You took the drink. No, That's no, on no, you. The mug here, the writing on it. He knew what he was looking at. He's like, wait, I got to. He's got he's got his show right. notes on the back of his mug. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> why, why the hell is Chris just looking at his beer intently, reciting something perfectly? Although yeah, if, it, if it were me and my show notes, I would need like thirty mugs, to cycle through. <laughs> By then, Don's just completely smashed. Before he gets before he gets his first first through, 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 through monologue, he's hammered. Yeah, it would have to be like a like a sip in each one just to make it through the show. So you, you've obviously gone through the Ravnica book. I have not. I've, I've read like part of it. I haven't gone through the whole thing. What does that book offer? Uh, it offers information on all the different guilds. Uh, I believe it's the 10th district of Ravnica as as a whole. It offers um, Cranko's Way, which is a nice little adventure path to get started. Because as we all know from the from the famous card, Cranko cranks out goblins. <laughs> and it's just a fun time there. A lot of political intrigue. Um, I would say building an entirely different homebrew campaign mm. off Ravnica and involving characters or players from all the different guilds would be tough like you would have to have a party that essentially agrees on two to maybe three guilds before everything gets tossed to the political wayside no yeah you can't mesh those you cannot mesh like those guilds did not work well maybe not the slightest. maybe gruel and rakdos were like the two coolest ones you're gonna find that would work together is like i'm gonna kill this person for fun gruel so am i <laughs> Well, don't we have something in common right now? <laughs> the worst excuse is to kill someone. Was it uh God? The, the Rakdos was like one of my favorite sets to play. Like I'm not gonna lie, like they were they were probably my favorite deck. It's like how quick can you empty your hand and still not lose? Oh, turn three actually, if I pull it off right, just for fun. Um, but with D and you gotta look at like the different mindsets. Like like I was saying before, you get like even get down to the Boris who were the law, the military military of the group. It's like you're not gonna have them working with like the Galgari who are necromancers you just don't really find a reason so if you have a group that is well i want to be is it and i want to be this and i want to be that and it's just not going to work so it makes sense i'm glad, I'm glad they provided that much information but if you can Marvel make Fury. it work one of my favorite cards which one Marvel's Fury shield <laughs> fuck you <laughs> There's some bad blood there. He, ki he killed me with that one. I had him dead, and he killed me with it. 
I, you know what I'm saying? I wiped the whole table, and then I got to him, and he used that one card to kill me. Full health. I'm like, oh, you bastard. It was great. Uh, it's, it's definitely the book to get if you're uh, big on, of course, Magic the Gathering. Uh, if you're super inexperienced on any of the lore, you got some reading to do. <laughs> like, oh, boy. Oh, man. You know we got time for that. Just go meet Niv Miz at the Fire Mind. He's a great guy. Maybe find Jace, the mind, mind sculptor, running around. Hard disagree. Actually, in uh, Ravnica Guildmaster's Guide, Jace is gone again. What else so. is it? Oh, that might, must be the time where he was a swashbuckling pirate stuck in another t another area. I've, I've read enough about uh, Ravnica and timelines to just know whatever you say is probably happening. <laughs> right now, right now, I just want to fight Nickel Bolas. That guy's my homie. I would join him in a second. He was like one of my favorite people. Oh, yeah, well, I'm not... Well, it's better to join him than be broken by him. Yeah, oh, come on. He broke everybody. It was great. Um, but that's that's another talk uh, for that. But like, what 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 worlds would you guys like to see them cross over into? Because we talked League, now we talked Magic that they've already done. In the future, what would you like to see done? Like where you could like get a setting, a political intrigue. It sets the world for you. Because as a DM, setting up the whole world becomes very. Very taxing after a while, so those guides are very helpful. Gundam. Gundam. Gundam would be cool. Ooh, that would not we be bad. Ride mech pilots. DM gets to fuck us over as he's like some kind of superpower. Oh man, I'd be such a prick to you on that one. You wouldn't be. Plus, you get to destroy planets in the process. You wouldn't be. You wouldn't even be a Gundam pilot. You'd be an NPC engineer sitting on the side while I explain all the action that's going on around you. See, he knows how to work. <laughs> I mean, I would like that. I, I feel like uh, with Gundam, I'd have to lean more into Armored Core, but that's just because I'm a huge math nerd on that. Like, Armored Core. That's where I first got into math and robotics. Armored Core was <laughs> my kid. shit. I got an Armored Core yeah. game, and I was like, what do you mean I don't have enough of a power core? What is that? What? Armored Core was my shit. No joke. These numbers make no sense. We had tournaments. We had 2v2 tournaments on uh, the ship when I was in the military. That was so there, much fun. There was an old PlayStation 1 game that was similar to that, except instead of directly controlling, you also had... You design the mech, and then you would do some, like, rudimentary tile placement to ah. design the AI that would fight it for you. An auto-battler. Auto chess is what they call uh, it. it. Kind of. Um, a lot more involved, like, if enemy target is outside of 100 ah. meters but inside of 500 use rockets and if they get in close switch to this weapon and if enemy is this type dodge to the left uh, on incoming missiles and stuff like that it, it got very complicated my 10 year old brain was a little perplexed <laughs> sounds a lot like a steel battalion for the original xbox which came like with like a 300 hundred dollar peripheral you had to turn it correctly if you took a turn too hard you fell over you had to push yourself back up but, yeah. uh, something I had like a that button for, for windshield wipers. Yeah, for something like that for VR these days, that would sell so well. But we're not there yet with technology. Like what? we're not in that finite point. What about you, Don? What would you like? To, what world would you like to see in D and D? Um, well, I'd I'd like to say World of Warcraft, um, just because I already know a lot about it. Um, <laughs> I think it's a little established already. Awesome. So, World of Warcraft sounds like it's already it's already a D and D game. It, it kind of is, and 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 I did get a little bit of well, you guys got a little taste of it too, uh, and with the homebrew that I created for that for that dungeon and some of the NPC classes that helped out. 
and I think something like that would uh, could actually translate well and be kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I feel like that one's very homebrewy. It'd be nice to see an official, honestly, to see. Yeah, could like it tightened some of the things up. The in, the encounter design, obviously, I didn't get to play test it in advance. It was yeah. a little, it was it was buggy, but we adapted on the fly. They give you an actual uh, stat sheet for Arthas. That'd be pretty cool, actually. Like yeah. uh, like the storm on Isocrown Citadel to actually have that as an instant as an, an encounter for like some high level yeah. people. That'd be pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. That'd be nice. Jason had a chance to control some of the NPC classes that were developed, and I, from a DM's perspective, they seemed like they played fairly well. I, granted, not a lot of advancement built into them. They were very static characters, but uh, what do you think, Jason? They decent? They were good as, like, you know, well, they were good for what they were meant for as support, kind of additional. They did a little bit of backup. I mean, they weren't great but they weren't meant to be great. They were meant to do a job, which, I mean, out of everything, they're the ones that died and not us. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like that's they were kind of the ones that you, you let die. <laughs> and that's the point. What about you, Dan? Uh, like, Armored Core, I'm, I'm still super solid on that. I'd say my favorite game series that I would love to see as a tabletop. I'm pretty sure it was already made, but that was like way back in the early 2000s. Dot uh, Hack is a series that I have just known and enjoyed for so long. No, Dot Hack was Dot Hack is amazing. Yeah, the original four that came out for PS2, and then the three after that. Gu Gu was anime as hell with all the bad tropes. The original series still anime as hell, but more technical than it is action oriented. And I really enjoyed the Dot Hack series because Celtic mythology is just not something that is, that's explored at all, if ever, especially in fantasy. That's what I'm basing my my mythos off in this game is actually Celtic. I told that because I wanted something that was different. I didn't want everyone to like, I'm praising a god. Who is it? Thor. Fuck off. No, we, we've done that too many times. Well, let's go Celtic. But I don't know any Celtic. Then open up Google, motherfucker. You're going to learn today. <laughs> you gonna learn. <laughs> what about you, Jason? What would you like to see? Well, the problem there being is most of the, uh, you know, especially lore that ties in very well that I liked is already in Unearthed Arcana, which was the Dragonlance series, and a lot of that is showing up there now. So, you know, there's that, and then. Anything that's a theme that I really like, there's other RPGs already out there doing it very well. So putting in the D&D wouldn't be as great as the existing structures that are available in other uh, RPGs uh, made by like Chaosium or something. Okay, I meant like I was like for like just like political politics things like that. I gotcha. That makes sense. I, I thought of one that that I think would be difficult to translate but would could be very interesting based on the way i've seen some people play if you go the heist route grand theft auto i mean they just developed an rpg effectively like they, they have their own mmo right now that's out that everyone's now loving because they're out there living their lives like i tuned into my friend's stream and he was a fishing he's a he, he was fishing but he's a cop and i'm like Go get a job. I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, think of think of that heist planning for for bank robberies. We already do it in Dungeons and Dragons. Why What's not it? translate that to the to the modern world? 
I'll say which with, with they actually have like a more modern form of D and D actually too. Like they have classes. They've taken a bunch of subclasses and made them available to do like like there's a warlock that's a hacker effectively. Yeah, but I, I want to see it done with Rockstar's sense of humor <laughs> and with without their microtransactions, but with their sense of humor. You could almost say I mean, you want you want Borderlands, but that ain't gonna happen. Like Borderlands already did their own D and D inside of their own game. I mean, extra settings and monster man like additional monster manuals are just microtransactions, but in book form for D and D. That's a fair point. Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember when like we did a thing where my friend went. Uh, he did his own version of a game, very homebrewy, and he was like, "I'll help you create your characters. Go pick an anime and make your favorite character from it." Like, effectively. Oof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I got to make an alchemist from Full Moon Alchemist one point. I got to make an Uchiha from fucking Naruto. One of my friends got to dick around with a, a Soul Reaper from Bleach. It's like another guy tried to make Goku. And we're like, okay, calm down. <laughs> that, that's you a little heart attack. Like, you, you, you didn't take your medication. You're done. <laughs> Oof. I mean, honestly, with Dragon Ball Z, they're already integrated for homebrews on DD. They're just ascend. They're just ascended monks. Yeah, effectively, it's untouched monks. Yeah. Hey, what, what do I want to do? Which one do I want to pick? <laughs> Fly around, firing key blasts. Oh <laughs> man. Uh, Ooh. Oh, this one, Face Day Night D and D. Hmm. Never seen it. That would effectively be. Oh, everyone is effectively a warlock. The new Unearthed Arcana Warlocks. Where you put, no, no, no. You get an Unearthed Arcana <laughs> Warlock that allows you to uh, pretty much summon a genie to do most of your work for you. That's effectively that. But that'd be pretty badass. Like, it's effectively you're just a po- Okay, if you've never seen Face Day Night, you're effectively a Pokemon trainer, but you only get one, and they can kill you too. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they're I mean, that's just most Pokemon. Either, either real or fiction. Yeah. Your, your goal is to either A, kill all the mages and, well, no, it's just kill all the mages and get the Holy Grail. Well, it's kill, so, all, the, kill, it's kill all the servants. Either way. You feel, work. If you kill the servants, if you kill the mages, the servants die. But if you kill the servants, the mages can run away. Yeah, but you don't need them dead. You just need the servants dead. So, like, the first the first series, effectively, which was Fate's Day Night, uh, if you go on Netflix and watch it, had uh, Kukulin, uh the uh, Irish Lancer. They had Hercules, uh, King Arthur, um, Medea. I can't remember her last name. Medea? I think it was uh, Medea? Who... Yeah. Who then, yeah, and there's Kukulin right there, who effectively he ended up pulling, she ended up summoning her own servant that was actually based off of a folktale that never really happened. But he was such a mythos and lore that he was became legend. Here's your, anybody, here's your King Arthur. It's, okay. a, chick, it's a chick. Gotcha. <laughs> Did anybody pull out uh, Rasputin? Uh, that comes later. <laughs> I knew it. Called it. Dude's a beast. Rasputin yeah. was a fucking beast. Like, Rasputin was a monster in real life. <laughs> then they, I mean, and then they uh, went and, and, and I know, right? Does <laughs> anyone just, else have the Rasputin song going through their head yes, right now? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> At least four of us do now. Uh, but like when like the very first series, which was Fate Zero, which was supposed to be a prequel to it all, they pulled out Alexander the Great and 
uh, Lance, hey, Iskandar, my boy. Uh, Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh, the king of ba- great king of Babylon. Uh, like they, they, you, pretty much, you'd be there. He is. You'd effectively get to pick like when you're creating a character, you pick your class, which is like archer, lancer, saber, caster, assassin, berserker, lancer, and you pretty much get to go from there. And writer, excuse me, writer, and you pretty much just pick a character from history and tell why they're that, and then they all get like a really big move. While still being strong and attacking, and you can, it'd be pretty entertaining to see how it goes. It's not a bad. Well, as long as you don't pull out Joan of Arc on a rainy day, then you should be fine. Uh, she's in there. Um, Joan of Arc's pretty awesome. There she is, right there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> First with the cards. Noble right now. Like, like he's got more. Just pulling out Joan of Arc. Fuck. Uh, but like they they have altar versions of some of them where Joan of Arc's like, I am peaceful and I love you all. I don't hold anything against you for killing me. And there's altar like, I will burn you all at the stake for what you did to me, you fucking cunts. I'm like, wow. there she is. <laughs> like, there's the that's the Joan of Arc you want. Like, yes, murder all you, honey. Go get him. Uh, let me tell you, it wasn't the Jack the Ripper I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, didn't see that coming. <laughs> didn't see that coming. It was a nine-year-old girl. Because <laughs> there's no, there's no Anime. real, there's no real myth. Like there was no, like he was never caught. He was never identified. He was never nothing. So they just went, "Fuck it, it's a chick." It's like who else in history could we turn into a girl? Let's go, people. But uh, <laughs> DB Cooper. I mean, I mean, I actually. They did this so much. They actually came out in state in a, with a statement saying that they have no idea who else they can turn. They can transgender. What any hero or time person in the past could be brought to the game as a woman. Well, Leonardo, they had, they, Leonardo they da Vinci. Ideas. They turned girl Da Vinci. Into, they turned Da Vinci into a girl. That was entertaining, but in the game. Well, I mean, did you see how much detail was in that sketch of that man? uh but if you look at it like if you look at that from perspective like you can with that kind of like creativity dnd could very easily craft a whole bunch of good rules in a great setting because Mm -hmm. even in that world there's a lot of political intrigue noble houses people who are sucking random strangers pulled in that kind of scenario the stereotypical evil jackass the church is involved you know fuck you know they're they're evil obviously um great potential for any form of storytelling exactly my hero academia would be pretty good for a story like that not gonna lie even that's not because i'm wearing the all might shirt just like pick a power we'll build skills around it like that'd be pretty cool we had uh when i was in job corps when i was in job corps uh we'd uh i had a guy who was running a DD game but you know not typical D &D he wanted a one based on the marvel universe so he said create your own original hero and I will integrate random Marvel heroes and villains to help you guys fight them. So that was actually a pretty good twist, too. Dan, you're about to say? I think with the the hero tabletop role-playing game, that's just, I think it was Mutants and Masterminds. Yes, that was the one. It actually has a really good system for picking out your powers. Oh, yes, it does. I, I, I watched, this, I watched like, a rule setting on that one. Oh man, that one's pretty good. Like one dude, one dude spent experience points just to get an evil lair because he could, because it was very cheap. He's <laughs> like, "Hey guys, I got a lair." Wait, what? Hold on. <laughs> it's, like, it's like I read the rules. I can buy it. What can you do? Nothing. But my henchmen that I bought with my other experience points, they got that covered for me. It's like I don't need to do shit. 
The evil mastermind never needs to do shit. They just organize everything. They're basically just a branch manager. And you just figured out how CFF works. Um, <laughs> as Don just nods his head, he's like, yep, there it is. <laughs> uh, but where do you see, do you see them coming out with a new edition sometime soon, Kong? Uh, since 5th edition is doing so well, I would say not. Uh, especially because they don't want to come out with a new edition while uh, Critical Role is still making them lots of dollary dues. I mean, good on them. Uh, it is certainly one of the best streamlined D&D experiences. I know a lot of people are put off by it, but if they did come out with 6th edition, I would say we would see a lot more homogeny in classes, and Ranger would be in a better place, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> But will we get more Wendy's adventures? Hopefully never again. <laughs> that was awkward to sit through. <laughs> like, what? let me ask everyone here, like, besides Ranger, like, if you could change something with a class, what would it be? Ranger, like, change, like, anything. Like, just one, like, minute detail. It could be Ooh. big, it could be small. Like, if you could change it, what would it be? Like, I'm a huge Warlock fan, and the only way I have found, like, when it comes down to combat, if you're, if you're a combat-oriented person, you're playing a Warlock, you better be playing a Hexblade, because there's no real exciting... You're an Eldritch Blast for, like, five years. That's pretty much your whole game plan. You're rolling 2d10, and you're done. Like, it's your whole game plan. Like, I'm firing it that way and that way and hoping it hits, and that's your whole thing. But when you're out of combat, that's when you shine. But if you're like an introvert in social anxiety it's kind of a nightmare to try to play that one class which sucks for some people because it excludes that whole class from you for ever having a chance to do something with it so i, I would actually want to add more offensive oriented spells to that kind of list offensive spells uh definitely would be nice i think mm. a little tagline underneath each subclass outlining you know, the class is better suited for heavy roleplay games rather than basic combat. Because if you're rolling Champion Fighter and it's a heavy roleplay-oriented campaign, you're shit up a creek. You got nothing you're doing right there. Like, it, it, yeah, so a little bit of, like, change up on that. Don, you are about to say something? Uh, I was going to say, uh, as a cleric player, nothing. Because you could have a, an entire party of clerics and run an entire campaign and be fine. Clerics are overpowered. Clerics are, are overpowered. overpowered. How, how many well, fucking subclasses okay. do they need? I, right, so I will say this. A, a single cleric isn't necessarily overpowered, but it's it's only in the fact that as you grow, you can branch off so much and adapt to the campaign a lot easier than most other classes can. But if you do it wrong, or if you go down some novelty domain of a cleric that doesn't have a lot of combat prowess um, then uh, maybe you might have trouble in a combat focused campaign. N knowledge domain cleric with seven languages just chilling it, that's it, that's yeah, what he built his yeah, character I, around I can insult every creature we attempt to kill, I just can't kill them myself I can imagine that. I can imagine that six clerics all using that weapon ability that you have. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. 
a spectral, spiritual, spiritual, weapon. spiritual weapon. And it's like, all right, I'll, what do you guys do on your first turn? Spiritual weapon. Just like six maces pop down out of yep. nowhere. Just beat the hell it out is, of something. It, it was my favorite spell. Now it's 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 tied for first with uh, uh, Blade Wall. <laughs> Blade, Blade, Wall's Blade Wall's fun. Blade Wall's fun. I will say that. Like, so, so I'll say a con right now really quick. This is funny as hell. So we have one person who knows... Uh, like wind wall another dude does fireball and because i thought it was just a stupid idea and i couldn't help it like if you fire your fireball through the wall you're getting extra damage because that's just oxygen it's just going to expand it it's just going to make it bigger and it's just going to be great so oh, literally cool. literally they just put it right in the middle of the room and nobody could go and like like jason's our fighter he could Chris is our monk. They couldn't go anywhere, but Micah was having the time of his life just throwing fucking fire through like this wall, getting extra damage. I'm like, what have I done? <laughs> I, I, I have made a mistake here, but it's very entertaining. I need to draw back on this roll, but I can't do it right now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like, fuck, I screwed up. Chris, what about you? What could you change? You're, you're a monk and you've played a ranger. You've played... A monk and a ranger. Um, yeah. that, that's all you played in three five and five e. <laughs> what would you change about that class if you could? Uh, honestly, I, I I think for ranger classes, I would honestly take away the the single weapon option. I would take that away. I would leave them strictly as just you know rangers, archers, nothing more. Gotcha. Don't for them to be up close and personal for anything. You don't want them to be melee. Yeah. I you, would take away their melee aspects. You pretty much look at Jim and go, you're a fighter, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Okay, I will say I screwed up that rule, and I apologize. So, <laughs> it says it doesn't have to be light. It didn't say it didn't couldn't be heavy or two-handed, so I let it... He asked, I let it roll, and now he... Now so he, he basically has Titan's grip. Yep, he has Titan's grip, and he runs around with two great axes, one on each hand, and he gets dual-wielding bonuses with them. It makes me laugh. Now he's, like, doing more damage than I can. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. He just can't get close enough ever for it to happen. Like, I can't, yeah, remember, no. I can't, I can't remember the last time he actually swung his weapons at something, like, bad. Don't mind me. I'm just making notes for the dragon fight. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and then, uh, this guy is a bad ranger. I, I think for the, as far as the monks would go, I would up their hit dice for hit for you know for attack damage. I mean, a one d four. Really? Well, you're one d six now. Well, yeah. No, no, I'm a one d eight now. But you hit like twelve times. Still. <laughs> I can, I, can hit, I can hit 12 times, but I can only... But watch, I only do a total of 5 damage. If you're rolling 1s, that's on you. Still, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're rolling 5 damage, and we're fucking playing Exploding Dice. This is on you, man. I got nothing for you. Yeah. But you've got, you've got movement Jesus. speed that rivals the Flash. Oh, I know shit. 105 movement. No Ka Kong, I'll tell you this. This is funny as hell. Like, literally, uh, this is the first time, like, Micah got Fireball, and he walks up to a giant group, and he goes, Fireball, and I had a mage on the opposing team go, Counterspell. And, Wait, what? <laughs> and he goes, guys, that's a problem. And Chris, in one turn, runs all the way out there, one-shots the mage in a rotation of hits, and then runs back like he didn't move. You want to see me do it again? He's just like, huh. You you good you good to go now, wizard? You got it? You got it covered? 
He's dead. All of you now. <laughs> Knock it out. Jason. He's just sitting there like, uh, well, there goes that idea. <laughs> well, Jason, you've played a fighter in this game. You played a changeling rogue, I think it was, in one of our other games, if I can't remember correctly. What would you... No, I was... Um... Changeling something. I can't remember the class. I thought you were a changeling. I was like a battle mage. Oh, that was it. Battle mage. So what would you change about your fighter right now, if you could? Because right now, you are fucking chucking a halfling around the fucking field, and you've got more ki- you've got more kills than our ranger does with Llewellyn alone. Well, part of that now is hoping that I multi-classed into rogue, so the uh, the sneak attack bonus damage is very helpful. Uh, but that there, kind of there, there's our halfling is the fighter doesn't get anything worthwhile in the like after the double digits in leveling so you kind of need to multi-class to really continue to do damage it feels so uh maybe better utility later on it is something i've noticed with your with your character as the new stuff you've been getting it's i mean a fighter is a fighter and it's it's one-dimensional yeah, uh, Kong, you had something you're about to do there. Except for Go intimidation. Ahead. Yeah, yeah, I saw some some disagreement. And he pulled up a book, so he's. Looking. I am pulling out <laughs> the players. <laughs> he's trying to find something because I know what he's thinking right now. Because there is something that you get like, but that's not till like eight, oh, like so sixteen. Apparently, they get more attribute well, increases. Yeah, a long, there's a big gap in between getting something. Yeah, I mean that. That's there, the thing. there is uh, with, with fighters, especially. I mean, you get multi attack at level five. And you get your um, not second wind, the one where you get to take your action again. Action, uh, action, action surge. surge. Action surge. You get action surge at level three. Yeah, I think it very, was. very early. So at level five, you can attack four times, which is ridiculous on the damage output. So as a fighter, yeah, it is. It is a bit one dimensional in that you have a niche, you fill that niche, but. As long as you kind of like go into it with the aspect of I'm a big beefy fighter, I can also intimidate, you know, make these boasts, maybe get more money out of that, then the roleplay perspective is a little uh, lax in the fighter department, but it's there. Which it is, and what's your bonus to intimidate? I have a plus 10 to intimidate. Motherfucker, you need to be intimidating more. I, I usually use it when it's appropriate. <laughs> Just walk up. How are you doing today? Fuck you! Like, that's your intimidation right there. That's the whole thing. That's how mad but, you get. But that's why at 11, I multi-classed into Rogue, because after 11, there was a long time before I got anything that really felt useful in the kit. Um, you know, now I can, with Action Surge, I can attack four times, second wind, I can self-heal... You know, I can use every weapon I really want. You know, I can build my own way, especially with the feats. Um, but as a player, I kind of want to do a little more than just Gurf, hit, hit, hit me back. I would like to rage. <laughs> I'd like to be a barbarian now, please. I will say the fact that you yeah, can get surprised. the barbarian cocktail. The fact that, like, every attack is a surprise attack when you throw Llewellyn at them because there's no way anyone's expecting that. It's a it's a fun intro to the fight because if I start it, which most of the time we do it before even the party's ready, I yeah. 
And then, then I use my movement speed, and I still have all of my regular attacks. It's just so yeah, fucking... Yeah, we haven't even done initiative rolls yet. I, th I throw the halfling, son of a bitch, here we go again. And, and it's great, it makes... It makes and, it... and then the response from the halfling is always, I'm willing. And so it's like, it's like there's nothing, like, disadvantage or anything. Like, he's, I'm going, and like, oh, fuck. Oh, shit, here we go again. <laughs> he, part the, of our tactic. The first he, time he did that, the first time he did that, it was because he Jason was scared. Oh well, no, it was because Micah was scared, and then he convinced you to sacrifice the uh, sacrifice of the well. And like there was a charisma roll that like it was nat twenty, he beat him. But then the nat twenty strength check out of Jason well, is what well, knocked the guy so, off the bridge. So part of it, he critical failed believing something, but then crit succeeded on telling me to do it, so I believed him, and then succeeded again at the throw. Which, so, which knocked somebody was, off the goddamn bridge, killing them, which was the first kill of it, the death. It was definitely a failing upwards moment. <laughs> you know, the, the wizard's crit failing of understanding things has led to some pretty monumental events we between that bridge event and that little run-in with the gelatinous cube. Oh, we are never gonna. We will never get past that. That has got to be my favorite fucking great. moment. These two weren't that there. These two weren't the there for thing. it. It was just my favorite fucking moment for chat to everybody who's listening. Um, my my wizard got asked because gelatinous cubes are magic in nature. Uh, if he knew anything about it, he's like, I'm gonna do an arcana check. You know what? You go right ahead and do it. Mind you, he has like a plus nine to arcana. He's gonna know something if he rolls a two or higher, but that one, <laughs> that one, I flipped open the book and I wanted to find something really dumb, and he's like, he's just looking at me at the table, just eye to eye, and I'm just like, they can be knocked prone, when obviously they can't, and he literally, without missing a beat, spins around, arm on the chair on the table like I am now, they can get knocked prone. We knock him over. That's the fight. That's it. They're done. We're finished. And and and, and he's like, "How do you know that?" He's like, "Read in a fucking pamphlet, written by <laughs> written by Sir Pamphlet, which uh, now, he does not let go until fucking yeah. he won't you, let you may have heard us mention some of that the other night. Yeah, that's why he won't. I, I did hear he, the legend of Sir Pamphlet. That's, yeah. that's why he won't let that go. But the funnier part of the whole ordeal was that he was he was like trying to convince them, and they all had to do a, a charisma check against him persuading. And he won. He won. Also, you'll hear reference. You'll hear reference of uh, the great Smith Grandmas. 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 So, so, like he, so he won, but he didn't Wait, win. On the end there. What here? Yeah. That was uh, Maleficent. The uh, uh, ever the hell race he was. Vengeance Paladin. That was Lieutenant Dan. Oh, okay. You got magic. Uh, so he. How was that again? So he ends up pretty much like convincing them that they have to knock him pro. Like, but not. It wasn't like a high enough to win, but it wasn't like low enough to lose against them. So they were like iffy about it. So my favorite moment, like this had to have been like two weeks later. We have this NPC who I'm just controlling, and he runs up to a cube. I roll a strength check. He flips it over. And then he, he gets just flips the whole cube. And then he gets devoured by it. And without missing, not even mad about it, just turns and looks at the team and goes, "He did it wrong." And <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell him anything. He just looks right at Chris, and goes, "He did it wrong." <laughs> that was the whole thing. 
And that was actually the introduction to Fred, my favorite fucking weapon that I've ever given somebody. Fred the weapon? Fred the broom. That's the wizard's broom. So he's got a broom that he runs around with, an amphiphomorphic broom that, that you, you, you nobody else can see move. Only he can't. So while he's holding it, like literally arms will pop out of the bristles, it'll pop up, it'll start talking, you'll see eyeballs, it'll be great. And he'll have a full like on Fantasia. He'll have a full on fucking conversation with this Canadian broom that I made Canadian because I couldn't think of another voice at the time. And I told him it gives you plus two perception because Fred's doing the checks, but here's the thing, no one else can see it happening. So you have this guy having this conversation with a broom. And nobody else is just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? The whole fucking time. They don't get it. <laughs> but it's yeah, great. It's also his conduit for casting spells. And uh, I forget the spell name where he can use just like small objects as projectiles. <laughs> and If Fred, and if Fred the... lets him. If Fred lets yeah. him. So I, the intention is for like rocks to be used or something like that. But he will pluck the bristles out of the broom and use those as uh, a magic projectile. And, and uh, it, it works about as well as you think it would. So, I, so lately I was having him do, and I was, uh, I would, I was trying to unlock the more power because I knew exactly what I wanted to do with Fred after like a week. I'm like, I, I turned into the staff of the Magi, you know, or whatever that one is. That has like this ridiculously broken abilities. So he would throw a fireball, and I would be like, roll, roll 100 for me. And if he got over like 75, the fireball was free. And he's just like, wait, what? I don't think just fell off for that shit. Oh hell yeah! But he's also a uh, school of lore wizard, so he uh, gets to change the attribute of the fireball, depending what he wants to throw it at. Because it says you can change. I, I what? <laughs> that just has some crazy damage outputs. Like, oh, he's just gonna throw a fireball. Force, psych. No, 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 no. Elemental, elemental only. So he can't throw. Okay, so, so it could be necrotic. It could be force. It could be lightning. Can't be psychic. Okay. Gotcha. So psychic was not on one of those, but like he could throw lightning. He could throw freaking ice. He could throw water. He could throw... It's just funny. Lightning so bolt, whatever bolt, he chooses, whatever he chooses to roll with is what he gets. It's like that's just what he wants to. Wants to throw. A lightning fireball is just hucking a Tesla ball at somebody. Yeep! <laughs> exactly. And that's some of the. Uh, Go ahead, Chris. With the uh, that, that uh, gelatinous cube fight we had, I think the ending fight really pissed me off because I was really determined to kill the guy, and Bruce goes off and kills him himself. It really pissed me off. That was uh, the, okay. Here's the thing: you, Don, and Jason were there for it. That is the moment that Jim finally understood what saving rules are for. Yes. Because um, I had the person uh, self-destruct. Like he pretty much kamikaze himself, and I told him everyone to make a dexterity saving roll, and he passed. And I said, you take X amount of damage. And he goes, why the fuck would I take damage if I passed? Well, because if you failed, you would have taken this much. And it would have killed you. And he goes, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. That makes sense now. Like, but Chris is a monk, so he took nothing because he succeeded. So, sucks to be a ranger today. <laughs> Good old monks. <laughs> Just dodge everything really quick. I dodge. I 
dodge. <laughs> how'd he dodge? He, he hugged the floor. That's how he dodged. How'd he dodge? Really well. <laughs> really fucking well, apparently. <laughs> Definitely. We, we've done some, like, like tell us some stupid shit that your group's done, Dan. Uh... I can tell you about how a wish spell completely ruined three weeks of uh, the campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Just because I, just because yes. I promised my uh, someone in the chat, aka Jeeps, I would tell this story. So the Dwarven city, the Dwarven capital, of course, uh, is Jeeps, getting attacked. Jeeps says you brought this on yourself, so I'm I'm interested. <laughs> All right, preface. This is how they got the luck spell. They were at this random magical fair, and there was a huckster with a bag of holding. And he says, when I pull the magic item out of a bag of holding, you, you know, you pay me 5,000 gold. I pull a random item out of a bag of holding. This item is now yours. It could be a really bad price for it. Like, you could wind up paying 5,000 gold for a healing potion. But you got to pay the 5,000 gold first. And then he reaches into the bag and gets you the item once the money is secure. So it's a gotcha bag of holding. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's a gotcha bag. It comes with a free little anime figurine. Uh, a little keychain, too. So, I roll on the table. It tells me to roll on the next table. I roll another D100. It tells me to roll on the next table. I'm like, this is already crazy. Because they could have gotten boots of flying. They could have gotten a magic carpet. They could have gotten an iron flask. It was wild. I roll could've again. Fred. <laughs> could have gotten a Fred. I roll again. It was like a 79 or whatever. And I look, and it was a luck blade. <laughs> and a luck blade, for anyone out there listening that doesn't know uh comes with 1d4 minus one wishes but minimum of one so it's just that many diamonds enchanted diamonds just put into the pommel he got one wish out of it and i was just like oof so he held on to it he held on to it for the longest time i completely forgot about it <laughs> so back to the main story the Dwarven capital of Korstrad is getting under siege by a mad lich uh, who's going crazy due to astral plane phenomenon. And the city gates, like the capital uh, castle gates, are almost under attack. They're trying to like get as many survivors as they can. Essentially, the entire army, seas of undead, are at the gates. And he goes, I cast Wish. <laughs> I'm like, you're like level 14. You don't have that spell. No, no, I have a luck blade. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> so he casts wish and I'm thinking, okay, he's probably going to wish for all the undead to die. In which case I can be like, well, they're already dead. LOL. He uses it to cast forbiddance, which is a huge, which regularly is a 10 minute casting time. If you use wish to cast it, it's an instant cast. And it covers a very large area. And because of Rule of Cool, I made the area larger and made the damage more. And it says it applies to fiends, undead, or some other, some other thing. But you can change the damage type to either necrotic damage or radiant damage. Oh, it was like, God. I target undead, and I do radiant damage. Oh, yeah. And so he used this big spell to essentially eradicate the entire city of undead. And I have this siege planned out for, like, three weeks. I'm like, I'm going to write this. I'm going to be good. I can take a break from planning. No plan survives contact with the players. Because that just went, oh, well, <laughs> time to go. And so that, that's how that's the story of how a half-elf became king of the dwarven people. 
<laughs> because sometimes you just roll with a dog. Yeah. Oh man. It was. It was. Not a well played. Uh, so, uh, so I'll tell you something. Like our where, where I fucked up pretty hard. So I was playing. Um, my friend came on this game called Nerps, and uh, effectively. I modified it, and I'm pretty sure he didn't come up with it. I'm pretty sure he heard it from somebody, and I just modified it. And I played with Chris, my friend, Michaela, my friend Tony, and his wife, Chrissy. And, like, this whole adventure was so... And Kyle. Kyle was there, too. This adventure was so much fun because Chris got turned salmon at one point. Uh... Just by, about the story. Yeah, well, so, my favorite part... So that's why you brought that back. Yeah, so like my favorite thing... like it, it, oh, That was the thing. Hold on, this is where things get funny. Uh, we, we told them... We, we had them experimented on by a, by like a necromancer at one point after I TPK'd them. Uh, and I brought them back because it was their first TPK and I wanted them not to think their characters were all dead just yet. So I had them pretty much sit there for two years getting experimented on and they all had to roll dice and me and Bird came up with this D20 table. And depending it on where you... It wasn't just a necromancer. It was Kel'Thuzad. Oh yeah, Kel'Thuzad. Kel'Thuzad. I forgot who I'm talking to. Kel'Thuzad. You don't kill the cat, ever. Uh, so he ends up... Uh, Pretty much, you had to roll, and just whatever you got is what you got. And I put turn salmon. That's like number seventeen. It was like a, a one in twenty chance that you're gonna get that. And the only person to get it was Chris. So as soon as he rolled, I fucking fell over the table laughing. I'm just like, I'm so sorry, man. Like I can't help it. This is great. Um, but what was what great about the time is like my friends did not really understand like critical fails at this point. Um, and uh, I gave Chris a move called like dive bomb. Chris jumps up and he lands and he pretty much just hits people for like X amount of damage because he was a half dragon at this time. And my friend Tony goes, because he was right next to me, he goes, does this hit me? And I'm like, no, it's just as a single target. You're good to go. And then Chris rolled a one. Oh, now it totally hits you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Chris is like, I used my tail slam to put someone against a wall. I'm like, all right. Rolls a one. Well, now you put Tony against a wall. <laughs> and it's all because Tony was within the radius, okay? It wasn't like I was picking on Tony. He was the only one there. So I I, I gave everyone these really cool moves based on the weapons they chose. Because I gave them, like, a really neat weapon. And what I gave Chrissy, I didn't understand how broken it was until she used it. Like, she sat, she, she's a math tutor. And I'm talking about, like, calculus and stuff like that so she's very good with math and i fucked up and i had them fight a demon and the, the spell that i gave her was a one-time shot use that says you deal damage to target radiant damage to target creature based upon the party's missing health now here's the thing that would not have added up to too much if i didn't give them four npcs that were that all started uh, <laughs> but Mrs. Worth and Butters, you know, they yeah. married and they had a really good ceremony. Uh, and she one shotted the demon. Like I sent four of them to another plane. They came back pretty much almost all dead. The NPCs were like at two health, and she goes, "Oh great, it's my turn. Uh, I'm gonna do this. It should do about 376 damage if I'm doing my math right." I'm like. Well, we're done here. Let me see the good, paper. Good, good, good night, everybody. <laughs> good, good night, everyone. Like, God damn it. But the best yeah, part sometimes about... Sometimes you just 
Sometimes you just gotta end the session like, that's well, really all I had planned, guys. Well, they had the more NPCs were doing more damage than all of us combined. Well, the worst part was they had more NPCs, but their NPC archers killed their NPC tanks because they all crit failed. They crit failed and shot their tanks in the back of the head, like literally one after another. Three of the I let the team roll the dice. That was the best part. Like you guys are rolling the dice and they all killed their own tanks. I'm like, I got nothing for you at that point, man. I got I got nothing on that one. Like that was fucked up. Uh, <laughs> I'm like I screwed I screwed myself on one of those. Like, uh, I'll still never. Go on. It's it's the small matter of, man, this item is really cool. I want to give it to my players, but you got to be real careful with what you're giving to them. Like that campaign, the half elf dwarven king. Earlier, I decided to give them a deck of many things, Yay. just to have the temptation there. The first card they drew was uh, the one where you get fifty thousand gems. Oh my god! <laughs> it just wow. yeah, it was the gem card, and just. They hear raining of metal underneath their table, and the next thing they know, they look under, and there's just a pile of treasure. And I'm just like, oh, God, they can afford everything in the known universe now. <laughs> what is it? Was it our DM gave me, Jason, and our friend Tyler a flying carpet? And, and then I acquired a goblin armada. Well, I borrowed a goblin armada. It was pretty fucking good i'm not gonna lie. me and me and jason and tyler accomplished more in 20 minutes than the other five people we split the party because we realized that like me jason and tyler did all the talking and we're like let's split the party a little bit we can give everybody like a chance to do their own thing they were a terrible idea yeah yeah no when it comes to fucking when you think <laughs> about it it turned out horrible for you guys it turned was. out turned out great for us was horrible for you. They couldn't figure out what the hell to do with a couple, uh, like a couple paladins in a town to the point where they accidentally, uh, they intentionally killed a dog they were going to get as a pet. Like it got weird on their side. During that time, me, Jason, and Tyler figured out that we were going to kidnap a goblin armada, attack a go attack the paladins, kill their commander, and take all their stuff. And two of us did this with some fantastic... It doesn't matter where there's goblin ships coming in and Flight of the Valkyrie was playing and this, like, swarm of goblins came in from, uh, like... We had, like, zeppelins, didn't we? Yeah, like, we, we took goblin zeppelins. <laughs> Boy, so, that escalated quickly. Well, here's the thing. So, so here's the thing. I was cursed with a ring that was turning me into a goblin. This was three five, by the way. So I was being, I was a half dragon, I was a half dragon uh, warlock, and I was being turned into a dragon by a cursed ring. So the only way to fix that, and we were evil. I'm talking about we were fucking evil. We there was no denying it. Like I was, I was stenching evil before I got the evil ring. Okay, it was bad. Uh, so we show up and we're like, only a paladin can fix this. So we get there and I'm like, the paladins are like, you're evil. You killed that town. Okay, hold on. Just because we patriated a town which is lock them all inside of a church and light the damn thing on fire like an hour ago does not mean we were that bad. So I rolled and I told them what the necromancer was saying because he wanted like some idea. I'm like, this is what we're doing. And he goes, no, the paladins are lawful good. They're not lawful stupid. And we rolled an act 20 on the persuasion. And you hear the DM just go, they're lawful fucking retarded. You, 
they cure the ring. They they ask you to do something. We killed a guy and took his cart. We were riding a murdered merchant's cart into that paladin town. They gave it back to us. So, so they were like, you guys are great people. We understand. Shit happens. Cursed rings happens to everyone. Happened to me once. So I like, here's the idea. And I look at, uh, look, better. I look at them and I'm like, here's the idea, guys. We're going to take these goblin zeppelins after I intimidated the fuck out of them to tell them that I was in charge. And I commanded them all. We took them out. And I'm like, we're going to place them here. We sent a missive to the original because there was like a three person mountain range of the paladins. The, Paladin commander was in one town. They hopped on the Pegasus, flew really high up, and we had the Goblin Armada attack the Paladin commander in in flight. He's like, oh, <laughs> it, it hits her, but it doesn't kill her. I'm like, I know that's not going to kill her, but the 120 feet of fall damage should do it. And you see the DM just looking down at this fucking play mat, just going, I'm checking on the other group, and just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin was pissed. I need a slight break. <laughs> so we took the Goblin Armada, we killed all the paladins, took all their stuff. I mean, me, Jason, and Tyler walked out there with like, I had a fucking like chest plate of leadership. One dude was fly- Tyler was flying at that point. Jason couldn't carry all the fucking treasure, and everyone shows up. So what'd you guys do? Nothing. We did nothing. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Don't ask. <laughs> we did nothing at all. <laughs> And the other two like And how it all transpired. Oh, he told me what happened. I'm like, God, we can't leave you fuckers alone. Like, Sometimes splitting the party is a good idea. Sometimes it's a terrible idea. Well, here's the worst part: was we, me and Tyler, like, because we already figured out what we were gonna do for our next time up. We walked over to the other group just to listen what they were doing. You see us bolt just cross-armed over the side, and like. I look at him and go, you know what you do, right? He's like, yep, same here. We walk off and we had Adam, I think, was there. And he goes, no, please tell us. Give us an idea. <laughs> I'm like, you guys. No, are- it, was, it was bad. The, the one person who should have been talking was doing all the talking. The gnome. Oh, my God. He had a rod of wonder. <laughs> and he, he, he's like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to fight these paladins. We're doing it. Rod of wonder. Rolls the dice. Turns himself purple. That, that that's the effect he got. Turned himself fucking purple. <laughs> well, that's just grape. It was just <laughs> fucking no escape. No. Like. Hey man, if a session of D and D turns into an episode of Wacky Racers, you're doing all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until we killed the gnome. Yeah. As as you've noticed, our our group gets a little. Uh, Outlandish sometimes. No. <laughs> especially, especially our halfling. No, I, I, I didn't notice the hate for the paladin at all. <laughs> no. So, so here's the thing. We started. Me, me and him were going over the fucking thing for the campaign, guys. And he goes, "The group will." It's like, what will happen when the group has to choose to sacrifice somebody? And I'm like, they're all going to say the paladin. Like, without even breaking face, I'm like, it's going to be the paladin. And as soon as you say, sacrifice somebody, paladin, 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 Discord lit up green going, paladin, and Kevin's like, no. Ah, <laughs> uh, to be fair, to be fair, I didn't say sacrifice the paladin. I said sacrifice the gnome. Get it right. Because <laughs> remember, that's what they... he gets for being called Jeff. <laughs> no, that's what he gets More for being paladin. called Jeff. Yeah. We fucking told him straight up. 
Oh, you do this? Yeah, great, awesome. What are you gonna do? I was thinking, no, no, do not do that. Do not choose no. And Bernie explains to him not to choose the gnome. So he chooses the gnome. But a woman told him to pick the gnome, so he picked the gnome. He, right. he, and, he, and he chose nightmare mode. That's what it is. He chose nightmare mode. <laughs> and, his, yeah. and in his first session, I almost killed him. Yeah, I'm I left him with three health points before I ran out of stuff to do with him. <laughs> yeah, Chris beat the shit out of him. And I almost convinced everyone to do it too. I was I, so close. <laughs> I, at <laughs> least his own celestial steed almost killed him that one time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, that's salt on the wound. That's insult to punishment. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll give you. I'll, I'll try and give you the uh, the the quick portion of the story. So after, as we explained earlier, the um, experimenting by Kalthazad in the uh, necropolis of Naxxramas, when they finally escape and fall down, uh, he couldn't. Our 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 gnome paladin couldn't make that night. So we find him the next night we played. They find him in the town, stuck in a chimney because he fell and landed inside the chimney. So in the attempt to I'm rescue a him, whorehouse. yeah, yeah, the chimney <laughs> of a whorehouse. So he got to see some interesting sights down that chimney while he was trying to be rescued. Uh, he oh, calls forth his. <laughs> yeah, well, it it actually did play out a little bit like that. He pretty, he, uh, there, there he, were... he pretty much got to see a gnome shove himself half up a uh, troll prostitute's vagina. And I uh. told him he is now scarred by that. He cannot let that thought I was going to leave that part of the story out. But, I right, was not. <laughs> well, Thanks, and, Warchief. And the, wizard, the wizard tried to help him out by levitating him out of the chimney while the fighter, Jason, throws a lasso rope to try and hook on the chimney to climb up. Not realizing that he hooked the gnome as he was getting pulled out by the levitate. <laughs> then Jason hands the rope to the celestial steed <laughs> so that he can has like, has like an anchor on the ground so that he can climb up the side of this building. Well, before he can start climbing, the gnome decides to tell his celestial steed to go find him a pen, a quill pen and, and parchment to write on because he's been breathing in fire smoke this entire time and his voice is shot and he wants to be able to communicate. Well, the steed takes off with the rope in its mouth and starts running and flying the gnome like a kite behind him <laughs> until, he out <laughs> until he outranges the levitate spell. Which then he falls. And drops. So... There, there's a slight mistelling because I didn't hand it to the steed to secure it. I handed it to the steed and then smacked the steed's ass to make him take off. Oh, but my, my mistake. He did, he did, but the gnome did also tell his steed to go find him something to write with. Right, the steed at that time. react to me. And I was like, aw. So in my head, I felt defeated because my plan didn't work out. <laughs> and then he and then it just worked the steed out. to take off and I'm like, well, everything worked out how I wanted. <laughs> I'm walking away happy. I'm gonna watch this shit happen. Like, that was a great moment too, as he's getting, you know, just the image of him being flown like a kite was enough for me, until the wizard reminded me because, by the way, the range on levitate is only 60 feet. I'm like, thank you, <laughs> thank you for telling me. Because they were at eye level at that point, so it was linear distance. I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is too good. 
And then he crashes, and then no one checks on him. We just leave him there. Yeah, I what think you guys think? stepped yeah, over him as you were walking away. Yeah, we pretty much they pretty much leave him to die. It's been it's been pretty entertaining with that. Like, I, just takes I, my favorite my favorite thing is when I, they were doing those dice rolls, and I had to have every like like three out of four people uh, punctuate all their fucking sentences with Spanish guitar. And Jason's the only oh, one that the only per, only person to do it was Jason pulled out a fucking Spanish guitar on his phone, and he was he was right to the bit. Everyone else, meh. I also used Google. What'd you say? Oh, Google Translate? Yeah, yeah. that was great. Yeah, just, just, just to speak in Spanish all the time. That's dedication. That's advanced role playing. Role playing. <laughs> That's role play. Well, on my fucking, was it on my uh, my stream games, which we're still trying to get back up and running uh, for our in-person thing, which includes Jason uh, as well. And um, maybe Chris at some point will find that out how that goes. Uh I uh, I told Bird, who's a uh, lizard folk, because he makes weapons, and we just killed a mimic. Uh, effectively, Jason threw a chest at a mimic, and that's how we killed it. <laughs> I don't know. Was it you who threw it? No, oh, that was Bird. Bird, Bird threw it. <laughs> like, they were trying to fight the thing, and I'm about to open up this chest, and freaking Bird just picks up the chest I'm trying to open and chucks it at the mimic. I'm the jackass that knew it was a mimic and still tried to open it. So I told them, whatever you find, I need you to make me a shield. Like, take the mimic and make me a shield. So we take the time, Bird picks up the mimic parts and constructs me a shield. And I look at the DM, I'm like, do whatever you want with it. So anytime I pull my <laughs> shield, it's something different. So the first fight we did and I pulled the shield out, it was a fucking piano. So, so I just started finding piano music on my phone to start playing every time we were going to come. The whole time you started, like, piano playing in the background. <laughs> He's like, a little was off it key. ever a giant wooden door? Not yet. We haven't done that yet. Jay, we don't have Jason's giant wooden door yet. I, it's He's going to make it Jason stupid. doesn't have Jason's giant wooden door anymore. No, it burned <laughs> off. You mean the brown shield? Uh, ye olde list of D100 bad ideas. <laughs> it's it's a good time, like it, like D D is such a fucking good time when you can just like let players. And this is what I tell all players: have a goal in mind when you're going into it. And I think that's where a lot of people like have a problem because they expect the DM to do pretty much everything for them. No, no. If you have a plan, if there's something you want to do. Let me know. Like, Jim wanted to go back to his hometown. I took him back to his hometown. I gave him his hometown, and I abruptly took that hometown away from him, and it made me happy. Because uh, <laughs> I crushed his soul. I which, have which, a goal so we can just use it as a knife. Exactly. Watch, yeah. I, cr I crushed Micah's fucking dream even more than that first. Oh, that was great. Oh, man, he was pissed at me. I took away his mage tower. So he blew it up, and I'm like, "Well, you win that roll." Like, <laughs> with it. <laughs> yeah, he nearly killed both of all of you with it when he did it. I'm like, oh. I almost, I almost crushed Llewellyn's spirits. No. Oh. By making him think his elephant was dead. <laughs> so, it's, so, like, what you were saying is, I and I've told the the few new people we've had come in since our campaign started, uh, when I was. DMing the second group was, and this is good advice for all players, don't ask if you can do something. Tell the DM, I want to do X, and and they'll figure out a way to let you try. It won't always work, but you can certainly try. 
Like, like and that he, always makes for the best games. I think my favorite part, one of my favorite parts from Silvermore Campaign has to go to the conclusion to the fight in our first town <laughs> where Jason and Llewellyn are on top. Now, remember, Jason, half-orc, really tall. Llewellyn, not so tall. And they there was their fight. They, they just finished fighting, and they both were on top of the blacksmith shop that Llewellyn technically just inherited because the old blacksmith was dead, and they decided to high-five, and I could not stop myself from going, strength check that high-five. And Jason net 20s the high five and puts Llewellyn through the roof. Llewellyn falls. Jason falls. Jason pulls the rest of the roof down with him. Llewellyn then kicks Jason in the deck. Jason then kicks him across the whole fucking... <laughs> kicks him across the blacksmith shop through a pickled gnome into the fire pit half, that half, was out. Half gnome. Half gnome. Half pickled gnome through that, destroying that into the fireplace. I've never seen Llewellyn so mad. Aside from well, one, then, aside from I told them Jason, the NPCs were uh, riding his his person around. Grab Jason, do you want to explain yeah. your exit from the blacksmith shop? <laughs> well, so, I go to leave and the door breaks and you know, well, the so, door. So, I want to I wanna add this detail. Um, the reason the door is the only thing that's not destroyed is because the only thing that our halfling blacksmith has ever successfully crafted at this point is a door lock to his shop. So that lock is strong. Only thing in there that is. Naturally, when you try and open this very nice door lock, what happens, Jason? Yeah, I, I broke the door off, and then I started wearing it as a shield on my back. <laughs> you kind of, you kind of let shit go. Months. That was months of content. That, you had that, that shield on your long, back. Long, long time until I got set on fire and it burned off. The other, the other nice thing he uh, he crafted was uh, this sword, and hopefully it doesn't glare too much. Nope, it's glaring like a camera, but. But uh, you can kind of see the outline oh, God, of it. Oh, that um, one. Okay, hold we've on. We've grown to call them the, the Murdalator. So I told him, so he had someone come in and try to make a mace, or make a short sword, and he ended up making a shovel. Cut, yeah, the rolls were low enough, the fucker made a shovel. And yeah, that... Well, we basically have blade. blade yep, exactly. Blade. So we actually called we added, it... Uh, some liberties with the uh, the pommel. Yeah. Uh, it, it probably doesn't show up well, but uh, the pommel is really like two small pommels just rounded off and next to each other. So pretty much, you're, pretty much you're swinging a giant penis around. And <laughs> so he called it I, I homebrewed some mechanics for that, too. They made it the mason it had, spade. It, 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 had a, uh, it had a chance of... Uh, a, a small chance on a, on a good roll of doing extra damage. If you manage to hit with that heavy tip end, you know, if you if you mushroom stamp your opponent, you get a little extra damage because it's the heavy part, like the head of an axe. So yeah, <laughs> I that, can't tell. That, that I gives can't... you a little. Yeah, if it gives you a little extra damage. I can't tell if Dan's tired or just like fuck. What is wrong with you? Uh, people? I'm just putting my head in my hand because. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got. I, it. I have never thought 
in my D&D career, I would hear the term extra damage for Mushroom Stamp. Yep. Out of you... anything that wasn't a Golgari Druid. Are you kidding me? Really, the, the, amount of, the amount of games you DM and you can't conceive of this? J Jason has a troll the, the Wait till I tell you about the forest fungi. Jason's got a troll dick. Oh, Cyclops cock he uses for a weapon. That I did also smack smack Lulon across the face with. Yeah, it, what was was it? Wasn't he wearing it as a hat? Was it the foreskin? No, he wore the hat. Someone else dick as a hat. Yeah. There's been many dicks in this game. <laughs> this is yeah, what well, I got to work with, man. <laughs> and some of them are not the players. Believe it or not. This is what I got to work with, man. Work cut out for you. <laughs> what do you got? Yeah, what the, I think there's one d10 bludgeoning damage. It's it's, it's worth. It's a, it's, it's a solid it cock. You got to refill it every now and again, but otherwise. <laughs> nope. 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 Absolutely nope. Oh, I want to know what's he saying no to. Oh, the Cyclops cock. <laughs> Chris, you. <laughs> in, in terms of, you know, what to work with and just party going haywire, I asked seven, seven, several seven different people uh, about the riddles that I had for the one shot. Yeah. And they all took, like, they all had some difficulty trying to come up with, like, the answers. But I say the first riddle, and you... You <laughs> shit-eating, grin-looking motherfucker. <laughs> it just goes, it's ink. God damn it! <laughs> you should see me on my end, man. I was That's losing it. Why he's a monkey? He's wise. <laughs> I'm I'm glad wise that like the sunset monk. riddle took a little longer, but oh, oh, God, that ink too. one killed me. That ink <laughs> one hurt, man. I worked hard on that. I'm like, yeah, if seven of my friends can't get it. This group's gonna have a hard time. It's ink. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> You're talking about D and D players that were formed out of a pub trivia team, so just let you know. Didn't know that one. <laughs> that so, would have been good information to arm myself. So, are you kidding me? As soon as you said you were, as soon as you said you were doing riddles, man, my first thought was this is going to be fucking great. Because literally everybody oh. that plays, except for like Kevin, goes to trivia usually on Wednesdays. I stopped going when Kayla got pregnant because it's rude for me to get drunk in front of her uh, <laughs> while she was pregnant. So it's like before yeah. we were that, going that is all just the time. water in your glass, right, Bruce? Oh no, no, no! She the baby popped out. I'm good to go now. Now it's uh, okay. Uh, yeah, her, her, uh, her. I, I, I think the best part about that real thing was I, I felt the defeat in your voice as soon as I heard that. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's correct. Like, you should correct. That. As soon as he said ink, you guys should have seen my face because I was on stream and I'm just like, holy shit. <laughs> oh, here's the fucked up thing uh, about that stream and, and things I learned. So, and, and things I'm now remembering as I'm doing stuff. Um, just because I mute, like, Discord, uh, and I did because I'm like, I was sick of, like, the sound coming through on Discord. I didn't mute my mic going into OBS. So I started watching a video really quick that popped up. And Twitch chat's like, yo, Comic Clowns, your mic's not muted. Are you fucking watching the Honest trailer for Fifth Element? What the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> I can't nudge you. And I look up and I'm like, what are you guys talking about? 
Oh shit! <laughs> this is professional <laughs> as fuck. This is professional as fuck. Oh, that's my fault. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my I, I won't lie, and I promise, I promise, I wasn't cheating by doing this because I saw that there were elements of the map uncovered. I had the stream up so I could watch chat, and I covered the the screen with my spell book so that I wasn't peering into anything. Uh, but I, it was pretty funny to watch the chat. Uh, yeah, I think I, at one point I heard <laughs> I heard your mic go live, and I was like, "That sounds like an honest trailer." Yeah, I, I, I turned I turned it on when I realized what the fuck was going on. I'm like, "Oh fuck!" And then I muted the video. I'm like, "Oh well, I'm uh, well, I fucked that one up." All right, go me. Yeah, I I honestly forgot that uh, Warchief was also DM, and if you're also the DM, you can also see the DM layer. <laughs> yeah. Or GM don't worry, player on roll twenty. Don't worry, nobody else watches. All that information is just right there. And no, I went, nobody else watches. The, nobody else I watches. I saw that there were notes around there. You couldn't, you couldn't read them on screen. Or at least I couldn't. I would, I didn't try to read them, but I couldn't just add, even at a glance. Well, I, I, that's I, what, I now that's, have. That's when I made sure when I realized what I was seeing, I was like, oh, let's just cover this up. I, I now have all of my notes in the Google Doc, which only Warchief has access to. <laughs> yeah. So, Warchief, if you're curious about part two, one-shot Boogaloo, uh, I'll have to get it's that all for, there I'll ready get for you. Me. He actually asked if we should keep going for a little bit, and I'm like, you know what? I want him to do the entire second set here, and then I got to talk with, um, uh, did you know, do you know Seth? You met him probably at Geek Out when Phantom, you were there. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I need you. I went need... to his bachelor party. Oh, lucky bastard. It was really fun. We went to a 8-bit barcade. This was two years ago now. Well, Three? we're too far away, so I don't get a chance to get it. I didn't get a chance to get out there for the wedding or anything like that. Um, so uh, he wants to work with you when you get a chance. All right. Which that's what we're, that's honestly what I'm doing right now. I I figured we have a really great story going, and I'm trying to piece together between the baby and work and trying to find a new job and a couple other things here that I don't really have a lot of time to I have very little time to piece together what I'm going to do next for this town so I figured this would be a great platform for people like you uh, that don't have like usually a normal group they get to go to all the time uh, Seth who wants to DM but has never done it for it my friend Dan uh, Dan the Noodle Man is his fucking MO on everything uh, wants to come in and do one, and I'm pretty sure I could probably get like my uh, hot rod to come in and do one because I know he was, he's a D, he's a dungeon guy too. So I figured that'd be really fun. Yeah. Get people come to and do one really or two one shots. As, it's really fun as players uh, when you've been playing in the same group for so long. Just to to one, just have an experience to see how other people run a game, and two, and this is my favorite part, is to see how other DMs react to coming into what we already know is an established method of how our group interacts and seeing the reaction from a new DM to the established um, inside lore and inside jokes that we have and and try and figure out who is who plays as what how these personalities are going to interact because I mean for you it's it's just as much of a challenge one putting on the game but also two you have no idea how any of us play your first time DMing for us, so I'd imagine that's that's got to be a fun challenge to see what you're getting yourself into. I've given well, him, I gave him as much insight as I possibly fucking could. 
yeah, yeah, not the same. The, not the same as seeing in person. In the preliminary and offer call that Warchief gave to me about running this, he, he did let me know, shit gets wild, so go wild with it. But depending <laughs> on how many other guest DMs you bring into this, or how, like, separate and stagnated, staggered you want to keep the guest DMs, uh, <laughs> I may have already ruined the entire experience for them. Because <laughs> going off descriptions from our one-shot session that we had last Thursday, uh, it's no secret that the special artifact of their particular realm or dimension is the Ring of Three Wishes. And so, depending on what the other DMs have planned, that may all go to shit with a wish. Well, yeah, well, as, you can see, as you've seen, I think all of those wishes are getting used on money. Thanks well, to like the, uh, the halfling. I like to think that the guest DMs are coming in. It's like that clip in Community where Donald Glover goes to get the pizza. Yeah. Back in, but then like somebody's on the ground, somebody gets shot. There's bleeding. <laughs> the dark, the darkest timeline. All, all the different yep. timelines. <laughs> Did, uh, one of the best written TV show episodes ever: Remedial Chaos Theory. Yeah, yep, like, like I said, I, it, it's it's it's. Uh, I brought in somebody that I know can DM to give people that were watching, because I know the D, some of the, the upcoming DMs were watching. But I also want this to make this a platform that if you guys can get this out there to like other people for this group that want to DM, like, hell, fucking famous people, I don't give a shit, I'm not picky. Uh, just let this group roll and just see <laughs> what they Mercer. can do. Hi, Matt Mercer. I'm not picky. Come on, come, that, di come DM this group. That would Tell be me an, how it goes. That would be an interesting, uh, interesting experience for different DMs coming in. To just here's this group that's been playing a lot. Let's see what let's see what you can throw at us. Exactly, and, and like, but just think, I always have my like, like who's talking before my offer call where it's like, listen, here's where I fuck the rules. Here's the broken things that they have. Plan accordingly. Because there are seven to eight of them, and if you throw, like, a CR-12 at them, it might get a turn. <laughs> Man, that's it usually... Might not. <laughs> it might yeah, Or the, the, the barbarian will just one-shot it. Oh, my God. So, like, our barbarian... Okay, so one of our first, like, really good fights, I had their town being invaded, and the barbarian ran into combat and swung his sword and tanked and forgot to rage. Oh. That's not the problem. The problem is the entire team, the entire team sat back and didn't do shit. Chris, you were running across the town to go check something else out. Yeah, I was, me and Jason were not there at all for that. Okay, so like they they, they were doing yeah. something else, but like- Like, they, like yeah. for example, Jason is not here now. The, yeah. other, the other team was like, the rest of the team was like looking around a corner watching this happen while this guy literally got down to like three health. Like he got his that ass was, beat. Was the, oh, I think we told lot. you the story. I think we, we told you that story uh, where the the cook that we had. Uh, old, uh, uh, you, you remember Mather? Loki? Uh, he was at the he would geek out. He was one yeah, of the yeah, 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 Mather. Yeah, yeah. He was a, he, he played the he played the he cook. was the one that played the cook, that 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 threw himself out of the window to kill someone with a stale baguette. Baguette down his throat. It was amazing. Yeah. Watched the that. entire <laughs> alley brawl, and so that's the fight Bruce was talking about. 
that's the fight that Mather came in at the end. Here's the thing. I told him, you, I told him you have to, to, to pull this off, you need a dexterity check of 19 or higher. Like, like, cause, 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 cause the accuracy of the baguette going down the throat is what I was very concerned with. Cause the guy, yeah. like, so he, the whole table got up. Cause I have a really long kitchen table. I have a really long dining room table upstairs that we play D and D at. The whole table got up and crowded the table. And Just looming over for that one. And moment. he rolled a nineteen on the dot. Never give uh, your players a challenge because they'll just look you dead in the eye and go, "Bet." <laughs> and, and they did it. But I think my, my favorite moment goes to the squirrels. The squirrel are okay. So that's all of you. I know, and but 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 the reaction to the squirrels is what made me laugh. Well, we had some nice set decoration for that, too. Okay, but well, I'm not just talking about the danger squirrel. I'm talking about all the squirrels. Oh, yeah. Like, even, like, okay, so, so, uh, I, 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 when, when Mather was there, he ended up befriending squirrels because he, I, I gave him some squirrels to talk to, and he did, and he started betting against them with acorns. That's nuts. It was. Completely nuts. Um, hey. Hey. So I'm like, you know what? Squirrels it is. So at one point, I had Mather unlock a Daedra squirrel. Uh, a, a demon squirrel that was it's locked. A thing. Don't question it. <laughs> it. It wasn't a thing, but it was hilarious. So he unlocks the demon squirrel. He's like, we will come at your greatest time of need. Ever since that time, you would see squirrels just doing non-squirrel things, but no one questioned it. Yeah, like, like the one that we saw in the little vest with the press cap and the little... Yeah, but, but the thing, whatever, I'd have everyone roll perception check, and depending who got the highest, no one wanted to seem crazy. Like, literally, you got to see Mongolians attacking the Great Wall of China as squirrels, and only one person out of the entire party saw that, and they're like... I, I can't talk about this. They saw a King Arthur squirrel pulling a twig out of a stone. They saw Third Reich Hitler squirrel giving a speech, and no one would talk about it. Ryan, who had never seen the squirrels until this moment, saw a squirrel reporter on the top of a tower wall taking notes of what was going on, he saw it himself. We had ne- we told him nothing about the squirrels up until that point, and went, "Nope, not even <laughs> going to talk about that." I'm like, "You see the squirrel, Ryan? What do you do?" Well, I'm gonna walk off now and just uh, ignore anything I just saw. <laughs> and it was just such a running gag that like everyone's just like, "I kind of wish the squirrels would come back." Honestly. The, and they did come back one time. Um, to defend, help defend the town. And I said, the giant danger squirrel stops the battering ram. And Kayla, my lovely wife, runs outside. We have a squirrel in oh, our front yard. A bi- oh, you, you were coming home from that. A big yeah. squirrel statue runs outside, grabs it out of our front yard, runs back in, and slams it on the table and goes, there's your squirrel. Like, she wasn't even playing at this point. I mean... Sometimes props bring just life to the table. <laughs> but there's four vapors. So, like, you see four of us literally just, like, take the biggest, like, vape we could and just blow smoke around it as it shows up. 
And then that's just called a uh, stage, stage props. And on on the hill, you got to see Caleb's character, who she was a druid who ran off at one point with all the squirrels I just described on the hill. And they charged into battle, flanking the enemy. <laughs> it was Riders of Rohan playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. It, it made me laugh so hard. Like, Micah fucking died. I'm just like, everyone's like, what the fuck is up with the squirrels? I'm like, you know what? It was a running gag, and I loved every minute of it. And if I can bring him back, I would. But I would need Mather to do that. And he's doing his own thing, so I can respect that. So... And he was playing his character to a T. It was really nice. I think everyone is honestly playing their characters to a T. And I think I think that's the hard part. It's people... There's a difference between, like, growing and, like, trying to play your character differently every time. Like, if your character does a distrust of races, as an example, and throughout time they start growing trusting, that's character development. If they... What is it? They, they would protect the elderly, but then slaughter them two seconds later, and you're supposed to be good. That's that's just playing to do whatever. That's not what you in your own right mind would do at that point. You know what I mean? Right. That's that's not uh, sticking to character. But at the same time, that that's that's a lot of uh, gray area, especially with neutral aligned characters. Just saying, that's what my character would do. Like, uh, that's a scapegoat. Backstory of working at an orphanage? Right. No, it's not what your character would do. You wouldn't go on a murdering rampage. We had a great instance of that with the uh, the halfling. It says they're in a, the city that they have now had some control over politically when Naxxramas comes and attacks from above. And the, the, the breadcrumb for them was, hey, you got to get up there and fight through it and save your city. Well, he is led to believe that uh, his pet elephant is hanging off the battlements of the keep dead. And there goes my camera battery dying. Um, but uh, when the rest of the group real, you know, finds the breadcrumbs and it's going to get launched up onto this floating necropolis, he says, no, I'm going after my elephant, runs towards the keep into some creatures he'll never defeat solo and fights him anyway. Because he wants his elephant. That's all he cares about in that moment is, I'm going to save my elephant. And fights this creature to where he's nearly dead. Uh, the halfling, not the creature. The creature was going to survive. And his plan was to take these exploding javelins that he had in his inventory and a last fit of yeah, his last breath of life, stab it into the creature before it killed him and blow both of them up out of pure rage. He sent him, his character into certain death completely ready that he's going to have to re-roll that character. And uh, thankfully, I had this in mind already that his elephant was going to come and save him, and that's exactly what happened. But I respected the hell out of a character who was willing to sacrifice their entire character and re-roll just to fit what their character would do in that moment. Yeah, that, that's that's a that's a good example of like lawful good definition of that's what my character would do. 
Whereas the times I've had it, it's been chaotic bastard. That's what my character would do. Or me, it was chaotic bastard. But he loves the elephant. Yeah. Here's the thing. That's the thing. It's it's the elephant. It's not even the chaotic good part. Like, that could have been the police. That could have been, like, anything guarding his, uh, trying to take his elephant. The police, for that instance. He would have slaughtered the cops. At that point, the police yeah. in the town. It, it was, didn't matter. It was his elephant. It's not like he would have been like, all right, it's gone. No, 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 no. He was playing his character, what his character would have done at that moment. And I respect and, the crap out of him. And his character was so distraught over lo losing his blacksmith shop that he was ready to kill anyone and everyone that looked at him weird until he found this elephant. Like, right. And that, that, was like, that was like the thing that brought him back from the brink. And now it is... One of his sole focuses in life is, is to make sure that uh, Philbert, the elephant, uh, is sees no harm come to him. Like, Jason's character is pretty much on point. It's been the same character nonstop the whole time. I'm going to throw a halfling and drink a beer. Spot on. I mean, like, literally, right, like it hasn't changed. Like, it, like for this, this campaign's been going for about two years almost coming up, and that character hasn't changed. Right, that's... that's what I more so meant by the alignment definition of not the character's alignment itself, but if you have that character that's been sticking to a story that has their personality and not really suddenly jumping ship from it and sticking with this is exactly what my character would do through all this development, then that's the good definition of I would do this because my character would instead of I worked in an orphanage and now I'm going to murder the geriatrics. That's what my character would do. Oh, yeah. Like, look at Chris's. Like, Chris's character has been, like, he, him and the highborn, as they would so call as a high elf, used to go at it, like, constantly. But through working together, they have grown to a now highborn and lowborn are fucking just conversational pieces to them. Like, they still work together. They don't hate each other. It's a really good time. I mean, and that's where characters should develop. And that's where one of the biggest character flaws I see with a lot of people, like, I'm a lone wolf. Motherfucker, you're playing a team game. You better not better get out of that really quick. I can understand like your party team was wiped and you have some trust issues, but you better grow fast or grow at some point because seeing people on opposite sides of every single time, like why would my character do this? Find a reason, or you're just gonna be left Let's out find of the a reason real quick. Or you're, you're gonna be left out of every story. There's nothing I can do. I can help you find that reason if you want. Come to me with a plan, and I can write something around it. But I can't stick you with that at the whole time. Yeah, you you got to develop into a team-oriented setting, isn't that right, Kirito? Sorry, I may have been uh, <laughs> reflecting a little too hard on previous players. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, so I'll open the floor for like. Anybody has any fun stories they want to tell really fast before we go, and we'll sign off. We'll leave everyone with something to laugh about, if they would like. Uh, Chris, you got anything good? I think one of the first things I ever tried to do with my bunk was try to rip up a wall. And I failed. But I didn't fail hard enough. I just failed enough to where it was still fun. Okay. So I'm like, I'm going to rip this wall and attack this person. All right, roll for it. I failed. Alright. It was a crit fail. Let's get that out of the way. It was a crit fail. Bruce tells me, alright, roll again. It was under 10, so what does he tell me? I went up the I don't run up the wall. 
Instead, I just jump and face plant it. <laughs> that's not you the only. That's not the only indignity I did to him. Like two yeah. seconds later. Ooh. So there was flying demons that were going around there too. So while Chris is laying on the ground, Micah chars a flying demon that lands pretty much just on top of Chris, slowly like just burning and caressing his chest all lovingly. The creature was dead. He made me both fight it off. <laughs> it. it, it I couldn't help it, man. The the critical fails, and this is where I I get angry about a lot of people. Like, oh, crit fails are bullshit, yada, yada. I'm like, crit fails, aside from telling a really good story, crit fails are the only time DMs really get to have fun. Like, where they get to take the player, put them in a non-dangerous scenario. Like, example, Ryan. He's like, he's a master archer, and he tried to fire an arrow and roll the one. He let go with the wrong hand and smacked himself in the face with a bow. <laughs> it's a missed attack, but fuck, it's funny to think about. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's nothing horrible. I've trained in archery for decades. Whap. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's why I did it. It was... It didn't hurt him. It was just funny. Like, and you got to hurt him, but his dignity is gone. It's it's Ryan. He has no dignity. Don't worry. Yeah. Oof. Oh, my pride. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> you may beat me. You may batter me, but you'll never get. You'll never take my pride. Oh, my pride. <laughs> Don, you got anything? You any little fun stories you want to talk about? Uh, well, I mean, I think I've brought up a lot of them. I mean, some of the best have been uh, the uh, the interactions with the half. Like, I do have one good one from the... I, I think it was the very first night that I DM'd. Uh, so I'm, I had some of the players, uh, Chris here being one of them, and then I had our, our, our ranger, and um, this is back when Ricky was still, uh, in, still playing. So I guess got two guys who are brand new to the game and their their quest was simple they had to go and as, as an effort from the adventurers guild of the starting town to repair oh, no. some yeah repair some of this some of these damages that have happened there's a stone mine outside of town and the supplies haven't been coming into town in, in their regular intervals so they have to go out and figure out what's going on well turns out there's some bandits that had, had raided the place and have kind of taken it over they spent a good two hours circling this, this quarry, <laughs> hiding in the forest, <laughs> scoping things out, and they'd hear a noise and they'd retreat a bit. And then at one point, we're like an hour and a half into this, and they're like, maybe we should retreat further into the forest and make camp and check this out in the morning. It's like, for fuck's sake, just go in and kill these things. I'll give you eight ways in here. He told me this, I was dying. He told me this, I was just dying. I was, I was like, oh, like, you want to make camp outside of your... your you're on a quest. You're adventurers. And then Adventure. he started getting people after us. Like, the funny part well, is... Well, that was like, the thing. That was the thing. It's like, you're trying to hide in the forest, and there's guards walking around the forest. They're going to find you. I, the, like they're not gonna just stop. This isn't Metal Gear Solid. They're not on preset pass. They're gonna find you. The best part about that is the same night my group for the first night they were plane shifting at this point. <laughs> they so, were okay. I, mean, I did. It, I, I I gave them that quest as like a, a, a you know being new players as a way to here's 
here's a, an adventure, a quest where you've got multiple paths. You can take the brute force route, you can take the stealth route, you can take a mixed bag in, and and there's, there were a lot of options. You could even try and talk your way in if you if you felt so inclined. Uh, but they did end up encountering a uh, a death knight in the deeper in the mines, and uh, thankfully they were smart enough to realize all the hints I gave them of don't fight this thing, get the hell out of here, because it's 15 levels higher than you, and it will kill you without a second thought. So they did manage to get out for that, but, but the whole let's make camp for the night, just it just got me. I, I don't know who suggested that one, honestly. I think that was Jim. I, mean, I, I, was, always d I was down for just going in and fighting, but I was just letting him go. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay, I don't know why I did this. Yeah, I mean, I appreciated that they actually took the some some care in their approach. They didn't pick up on any of the entrances. You know, I still have a file of basket uh, basket food. I don't know what to do with. <laughs> All right, Dan, what you got? Give give us a good story. Uh, I would honestly have to say, you know, going off uh, slightly with the story that Don just told, you always got to be real careful when giving players options. You always have to account for a small chance that they'll take the option that is least likely, like running away from a fight. Players never want to do that. They're the heroes. I mean, they can't fail, right? I so party was <laughs> Same wish campaign, same half-elf <laughs> king of the dwarves. They're exploring the Underdark, and they run into the big bad evil guy of the campaign, the Lich, whom they know they can't take in a fight. And so the Lich offers them a choice. Either die here or work with me, and I'll put you back up on the surface and I'll give you your orders. And so half the party gets ready for the fight and the leader of the group, air quotes, uh, the bard just goes, yeah, we'll work with you. I completely slipped the gun so hard, I had <laughs> the lich cast a wall of force around the party to trap the men. I was like, well, hang on, you agree? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I completely took that spell off the Lich's list. I was ready to just murder them. Uh, apparently. Like, no, no, we said yes! <laughs> you said what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't think I'd get that far. <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> you will work for me, I'll send you up. Yes, we'll help you. I'll kill you now! Wait, what? Hold on, time out. <laughs> I mean, they've been opposing that, that Lich for a solid 15 levels. So the fact that they just immediately 180'd and joined the Lich's forces <laughs> threw me for a loop. So you always gotta be prepared to take the road least traveled. That just reminded me of the uh, the TPK and Naxxramas and the Thaddeus fight. That so was my fault, Bruce, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was I DMing this in our group recombine and, and joined uh, my original group in Naxxramas and I had homebrewed fights from vanilla World of Warcraft's Naxxramas into 5e fights. Well, Bruce is playing his, his uh, wife's druid at the hold time. Hold on. Uh, Don, or uh, Dan? Jeep says, that wasn't me, that was the sorcerer. Oh, the <laughs> sorcerer. <laughs> Thanks, Fuck, Jeeps. Fucking sorcerers. Go on. <laughs> so, I, I designed these fights, these Naxxramas fights, to uh basically play out how the fights in World of Warcraft play out. The, whatever gimmick mechanic is required for the fight, that's what I built in. And it was it was intended to be you're probably going to fail 
and normally you'd get a chance to fail and be revived and just try it again. That's that's how raids work. That's how this was gonna work. It's like you're not gonna know how this how this fight's supposed to happen until you try it and fail and figure it out. Uh, except in this instance, uh, where Thaddeus as a raid boss has this ability where he will bombard the group from a distance with these huge energy balls for a crap load of damage if there's no one in melee range. That fight, he doesn't start off engaged when you start that fight. You have to fight two minions first, and then you jump to his platform and fight him. Well, Bruce fires off an attack that aggroes the boss into the encounter now, standing on a platform inaccessible except by jumping to it so everyone's out of melee range so naturally he's gonna start bombarding people he also has an enraged timer and i set that at like eight turns well they they knocked the mini bosses into this liquid that was hurting everyone else but healed the mini bosses that so was they Micah. weren't dying fast yeah which i get where he was coming from but these guys are made out of that liquid it was healing so the fight's taking forever, and naturally the boss enrages for triple damage. And he's already hitting, I mean, I probably got the sheets around here somewhere, but he's already hitting everyone for, for like 4d20 uh, with this ranged attack. Yeah, it's it's meant to be that punishing, because someone's always going to be standing face tanking him if you do the fight. So that's never going to be a factor. Well, 4d20, and then triple the damage for the enrage, and he just starts one-shotting everyone in the party TPKs everyone. Eight eight players just spawn. And that's that's where they end up in the uh, uh, Kalthazad's uh, experimentation chamber. That's what brought them there. But having having someone who just decides I'm going to go a little gung-ho on this and everyone dies. Yep, that's about go. what my wife would have done. you got to be real careful. And it really is. Uh, if, positives if, and negatives. If you've never if you've never played with my wife, you've never played with my wife before on D and D. She has damn near one shotted like the party herself, like she because she's a druid and she took all every AOE spell she could. Like I gave her the options and she took every AOE spell, regardless of where anyone's sitting, it'll hit them, and that's what she picked. And I'm like, well, thunderstorm over Thaddeus. That seems like a thing that she would do next. And that turned out like that, and I'm like, I played the character the way I know the character. You gotta be real careful with those uh, math mathematicians. <laughs> it's a blessing for them, and it's devastating for everyone else, <laughs> players and dungeon masters alike. What about you, Jason? <laughs> What's your favorite, like, from any campaign? It doesn't have to be the one we're doing now. Anything we've done. I mean, I feel like. All of my stories have been told for me. <laughs> Very difficult to come up with something that hasn't been said already. That's the problem with playing with like the same people all the time. You love them to death, yeah. but it's like everybody else knows the story. Do you wanna do you wanna maybe tell them about your experiences with Jeremy Cran? And well, how that's been going? That that's more Llewellyn, but you know, since I'm his enabler as his and so, you might not have gotten this from our play, Dan, but uh, our story started, um, the halfling is actually, he considers us brothers. My tri my orc tribe captured him and threw him in fighting pits as a joke, uh, but he kept winning, and then we escaped, 
and he just thought we were going on a, a mission. But so he considers us brothers because he grew up with me, though he was more of a a fight slave than anything. But I felt bad for him as a half orc because I was mistreated because you know half orc in a full orc clan they treated me like shit. So you know right. I feel bad for him. So I just kind of enable him and go along with the, all of his like I'm an orc. Yeah, yeah, and I'll like look at other people. Like, <laughs> sure you are, buddy. Don't, 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 like don't, don't forget. He's not, he's not a, a halfling barbarian. He's a ha halfling is his race, and his class is orc barbarian. Like, don't forget. Very specific subset. Don't forget that, he like, he's an orc. don't forget that his name is, like, an insult in orc. Yeah, yeah his, his name, his name is, is Little Flea in orc. Yeah. So every time the party encounters an actual orc, someone that speaks orcish, and he, he introduces himself, they always give a little side eye over to the half orc, and his reaction is always, but it's, it's, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> he means okay. well, he's just a little confused. Yeah, so that, that's the backstory on the two of us, so we're essentially brothers from the same clan, and that's how we at least see each other. So he stumbles upon this traveling religious group, and he becomes, like, addicted to the concept of being famous influential through religion oh no yes and to, to set the stage for how these guys even entered the lore of the game our party is approaching a big city a big mercantile city setting up shop on the road just to try and sell some wares to make some money as they're traveling in and I just had to throw it as a DM. I was just had to, like, all right, I got to throw in. Let's let's have him encounter three different groups that come up. You know, someone who has money and is an idiot, you could sell to him. And then another group of adventurers. Okay, uh, what else would be funny? How about something like Mormon missionaries? That's where the that's where I was like, all right, we'll give him something like that. We'll give him something that's they're gonna be proselytizing and and talking about this this religion. And we got to had to come up with something on the spot. It's like, all right, well let's let's start with start with JC as some initials, and that's where Jeremy Cran comes from. Hi, have you heard and, about our Lork and Savior? Basically, that's that's how it's that, honest to God, that's how that started. And the I just I assumed that these missionaries were gonna be dead in a bush within five minutes. Nope, they took to it. <laughs> that goes back to what you're saying. You got to yeah, so that's that's how it that's how I had to come up with a cult on the spot. So now I just, I'm saying Mormons are cults. Cultism. It's not it. So so now anytime Jeremy Cran comes up I you know like I help him or I, I nudge him, but I never partake because I'm just there to watch. But I'll enable the shit out of him pushing the <laughs> jam that he got from these missionaries. Yep. That's what they push, it's it's they have Jeremy drink and Jeremy jam. Yeah, now they're in a town and that's it, ran by the car, by the Carver cult. Yeah, it's like my, it's like my favorite picture on the internet. Some kid just helping out in the kitchen, stirring the pot. He's like, it's just caption says, sometimes it's just fun to stir the pot. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that, that's how that's how I am with him. I'm just, yep. yep, go do it, and, good, and, and then I'm gonna sit and back the, and watch it happen. The uh, the Jeremy drink and the Jeremy jam has basically the same effect that CBD oil has. Oh, it's not no. like it doesn't it doesn't get you high it doesn't 
doesn't give you superpowers. You just feel a little more okay. So every time this happens and someone someone takes the effect of the uh, of the Jeremy Jam, uh, it's it gives them effects like all of your rolls are doubled and then divided by two, or you feel you feel zero percent better, or, or or everything you do feels very much the same, only slightly better. You, multi it's, it's, you multiply all. You multiply all of your attacks times one. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. That's that's <laughs> that's, that's the effects of this stuff. I I haven't gotten a chance to do uh, to do my plan because I have a little bit of the the peanut butter, and uh, but I'm waiting for an opportune moment for that. I'm, 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 not, I'm, I'm not going to expose the detail. I think I'm, I'm, I'm waiting, I think I'm the waiting cult on of you. Cran, the cult of Cran and the, the followers of uh, G Dub Carver. Uh, could come together and make a make a nice sandwich. Did it just click? I, I think I saw it click for Dan. <laughs> I look forward to hearing the fallout. <laughs> oh man! So I guess my final one will be uh, one from our three five, and it'll be actually our final uh, our final get together, Jason, with Kevin and Chris with uh, Kevin at his uh, at his place. And I, I, it's not very often you get to watch a DM's head explode. And, oh, and, I know it's one that's and, and I got to do it, and it made me happy. So, okay, so uh, it's been a couple of years I can talk about this little thing. So I had this plan, and I, I feel like, especially now with the DM being a DM, um, letting them think on the fly is, is, as, as a player uh, allows them to play just as much. So I had this plan. Now, up until this point, I had our rogue got a bracelet of summoning so she could bond with three people or three anything and get them to summon. I had acquired a goblin armada, which I had a call horn for. And I had convinced a red, uh, young red dragon to join us. Because... Persuasion's amazing. Uh, and I promised him the largest hoard of gold he had ever seen in his entire life. Half Dragon, I can speak Draconic. It was good to go. So I wanted to enact this plan. So what the plan was, uh, and, and here's the fucking thing. First night, uh, I joined them, Jason and me and another person, kill a were-rat. And we take the were-rat meat. And I'm like, if we feed this to people, they'll turn into were-rats. Because we had a traveling food cart. So we had then walked into another town and uh, gotten a silver mine. And we coated all of our weapons in silver so we'd be the ones that'd be able to kill them. So the plan was to go to the major town with the king in it, uh, open up a food shop, convert as many people into were-rats as we could, come out, save the day, get an audience with the king... Kill the king and his family, uh, and take over, and right in front of everybody. And then even even at that point, the necromancer was like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna reanimate the king and make him dance around for shits and giggles." I didn't have an out to that plan until I got the goblin armada. I'm like, "Oh fuck, I got an out now!" <laughs> Jump out the window. There's a goblin zeppelin waiting for me. It was a great time. Plan B. 
Well, then I also had a fucking dragon. Like he, he gave me like I even uh, I even abducted four stone gargoyles out of a graveyard. It was a great time because oh, he made the mistake of letting me talk. That was the problem. Um, so we had all this planned out, and um, I, we'd also met an evil paladin, so a fallen paladin. And she said, go do this, come find me, and I'll join your team. So I'm like, well, let's go find her, and we'll have her join our team. So we went to her her outpost, and while we were there, we realized that everyone had been turned into zombies. And uh, half our group went down, half our group went up. I went up with uh, Jason and Tyler and a couple of people. Chris went down, and we got up there, and we looked on this pedestal. We seen that the Dark Paladin had been turned as well. And I see this floating mace sitting on there and a portal behind it. And my, f- and I'm like, I didn't say a word. I'm like, all right, guys, on three, we go. Ready? One, two, three. And out loud, you just see me as fast as I could. I run in, grab the mace, and I jump through the portal. And the DM's reaction was fucking amazing. Because he goes, you fucking what? What? Wait, 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 you you didn't you didn't throw the mace through, you jumped through with it. Yeah. So you grabbed it and you jumped through. Yep. Why the fuck would you do that? <laughs> Seemed like fun at the time. So uh, <laughs> That's a tagline for every D&D adventure. It seemed like fun at the time. So I jump through the portal, and, and everything dies Phantom Menace style. That, 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 that mace apparently was apparently the conduit for what was it. I took a little bit of damage for grabbing it at the first point because I wasn't attuned to it yet. And he looks at the group and goes, everything dies. I'm like, well, where am I? And he goes, I don't fucking know because I hadn't planned for this <laughs> fucking scenario yet. <laughs> and I go, oh, all right. I he, win D and D. He hands me the player's handbook, three five players, and goes, pick a plane of existence. All right, flip through, and I find the river sticks. So pretty much the base of Mount Olympus. And my goal was because I was a necromancer, or I was a warlock, was always to meet Hades. And see if I can get like a really cool thing from them and see what I could do. On top of the mass murder we had already been committing uh, on on a plethora of levels. Holy shit. Did, did us three kill a lot of people. Nearly, <laughs> nearly me at one point. I'm not going to lie. I nearly died at one point. So... He goes, where do you go? I go here. And he goes, what do you do now? I'm like, well, I find the ferryman. And I hand him some goblin coins that I have. And I use that as my passage into Hades itself. And I go meet Hades. And he goes, he's so flustered at this point. He goes, someone play Hades. So I look over at the dome. I go, play Hades. And he starts, I'm like, pick the Hades you want to give me. He gives me the Disney Hercules Hades, <laughs> which was the God, best, guys, which was the best part. Exactly. That was the best part. So I told him, like, I'll go kill a whole bunch of people if you want to give me the power to do it. I mean, we're cool. And he gives me a scythe that I wanted that I found as a 3-5 homebrew, hands it to me. And I just pop out of nowhere. And at least three out of the whole group are happy to see me because I was their paycheck. 
No shit, nah, I'm not even kidding. I paid most of half the people to work for me and not kill me. That was my whole plan. Uh, I'll either convince you or pay you. It's, it's guard me. I, I'm weak physically. Someone. Everyone has a price. Exactly. Like, even Chris defended my half dead body one time. <laughs> and, and I just pop out nowhere. Okay, guys, we're going to go kill Crossroads, which was like the main town there. We're going to go kill everybody there. And the whole group. Okay. <laughs> and they're just completely yeah, done. Right, it's like, oh, more murder? Let's go. Because our paladin was dead and I needed another powerful ally. And that was the last time that we got to meet up with that group, which made me very, very sad. But, like... Yeah, we were all about to get, like, nice artifacts for our characters. And, yeah. Yeah. Everybody... Chris, Chris had a bow that shot suns. That shit was, like, ridiculous. It, it didn't really... Sh it shot, like, a fire arrow. That shit was insane. Okay. Yeah. I, I was gonna say, in this group, I don't know if that means, like, stars or firstborns. <laughs> <laughs> Chris didn't get a chance to pick, but... Where's little Timmy? Ah! <laughs> But, this, uh, is my son. this is my son, Cannibal. I'm not gonna lie, though. That that was that was really fun. I finally got to tell him what my plan was, and his reaction was, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" And I'm like, "This is why I don't get. This is why I don't get to be a player anymore." Because this it, is it's hard to go back to playing after you DM for so long, and you know no, no. so many of the little niches. No, I don't get to find a DM anymore that lets me play. That's also well. fair. <laughs> Once you're a DM, you're a DM for life. That's who they go to. It's like, shit, you want to DM a group? No, motherfucker, I like to play a character. You, you know what DMs do on their side of time? Make 30 characters in their head. Like, like, I, how many fucking... I got, honest to God, how many people do you have made, like, in the top of your head that you could just roll a character right now? But we don't get to. We get to make characters and do other things. I guess I've been lucky enough then that I've been able oh, shit. to uh, jump back in with my character. I have good old Salt Peter and Jedediah Pepper. <laughs> Those are my favorite NPC. <laughs> like, like I, I, I only, our main villain right now is a warlock uh, because nobody played a warlock. Yeah, I don't play warlocks or clerics. I play liches and beholders and dragons. Those are my <laughs> classes. I get the advanced classes. <laughs> Right. Class. Oh, wait, wait. What? My class is DM. But yeah, right now that's what it is. So I made a shaman for these guys, and that guy slowly turned into an alcoholic working with these people. <laughs> Not unlike the DM. Yeah, who slowly became an alcoholic working with these people. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> Uh, but I will say this, though, that'll be the end of it. We'll call it close here for the night, ladies and gentlemen. Um, good because my camera battery's dead again yeah i know well, it I is to next thursday so um quickly any parting advice for anybody here chris that wants to play D? &D? uh have an out you got a master plan <laughs> have an out for it i taught you that yeah i think that was the best part about that whole that whole grouping at the end of it he's like man I didn't have it out, but now I have an armada. I have a dragon. I have gargoyles. I have four. I have outs. I actually did. That's the, that's the last part I didn't get to tell you about that whole thing. The DM could not know about it, and anybody who was not down with the plan, me and Jason were going to kill. 
Like, <laughs> we, we, we literally pulled people outside who joined the campaign. It's like, are you down with the fucking plan? Like, I don't know. I'm like, then your player, your character is not going to make it very far. I remember, I remember Bruce said, he's like, hey, Chris, hey, Chris is going to join us. Jason. Jason, out of nowhere, are you down with the plan? <laughs> I'm like, wait, my plan? Oh, I didn't tell him yet. Okay. Bruce tells me. Jason, yeah, I'm down with the plan. <laughs> you win? Oh, man. You don't you understand. It got so bad that Kevin literally came to me and like, hey, he told me what the plan was. And I'm like, no, he didn't. Was, Damn it, someone tell me. Because <laughs> we told him there was a plan. We just never told him what it was. So he literally went to people's like, you know, Adam told me what it was. No, he didn't. So I messaged Adam. Did you tell him? Fuck no, I didn't tell him. It's like, just fucking tell me what it is. <laughs> I'm like, no, fuck you. You're going to have fun with this. Don, what about you? Any advice to players, DMs, anything like that? Uh, yeah, well, advice to players is uh, definitely give it a try if you haven't played. Don't be a, don't be afraid of the game. You will you will get into it. You just got to let yourself get into it. Uh, we've seen people who had no experience, no exposure, finally come into their own and play their character. And, and, and don't be afraid to try something. And like I said before, don't don't ask if you can do something. Just say you're gonna do it and let the DM figure out how that works. And and for DMs, my advice would be, and I'm sure we'll all we've all encountered these situations. The players are gonna do something that you didn't expect, and it's not gonna be a fun game if you force them down the path that you planned. It's it's their game as much as it is yours. So let them do it, and just just on the fly figure things out I mean I've had to do it where I gave our team three paths and they chose option four which on the fly became a combination of paths two and three so if they say they're going to do it it's on you to figure out how that's going to work out Dan what you got uh, mostly just have fun a lot of people got caught up in the rules and try to always bring up rules as written or look up the neatest sage advice regarding a confusing rule standing Page four of the Dungeon Master's Guide, yo. You're the DM, the rules are guidelines. So at your table, just be excellent to each other. Party on. Party on. <laughs> what about you, Jason? You got anything you'd want to tell, like, new players or new DMs? Uh, you know, it kind of goes along with what Don was saying. Um, but really, it's, it's known as theater of the mind. It's your mind. Have fun. If there's something creative you want to do, try it. But at the same time, the mind can be distracted. Try to keep the distraction delayed. Don't stare at your phone while trying to play because you need to, you know, your mind needs to keep working. Um, but overall, yeah, have fun. Come up with a character. You know, stick with what they're going to do. You know, your character can change. That's why it's called, you know, story arcs. But, uh, yeah, have fun, you know, stay focused and enjoy it. Just don't be too pressured. Exactly. And I got to go piggyback off all that. It's effectively D&D is like sex for the first time. It's going to be awkward the first time you do it, but you gradually get used to it. It'll just last a lot longer. Uh, <laughs> then you bring in funny voices. Like good old Shulk Peter. Yeah. And then a wish ruins everything. Now, let me say yeah, something. A wish can ruin everything. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you something right now. Your first time playing, you're going to overthink things. And your first thought's going to be, is this a bad idea? 
if you have a good DM, no idea is a bad idea. Roll with it. If you think you want to do something, go ahead and do it. My wife attacked a Will-O-The-Wisp with fucking poison damage. Shit happens. The DM tried to walk her out of it. Her Arcana checks were too low. And you know what? We got into one of the funniest fights we've ever gotten into. To the point where our chef... Or one of our guys, uh, no, it was our, sh- no, it was, uh, it was not our chef. One of our guys smacked a fucking will o wisp with a cock. It was hilarious. Um, yes, there's lots of dicks in this. Game. Yeah, it, it was pretty funny. But, um, full circle. Full circle. Full circle. <laughs> well, in hours, in hours, that didn't happen. We just had like 20 minutes of trying to hit will o wisp because they have like an AC of 19. It's like, god damn it. They have like no HP, but they're so hard to hit. Dicks uh, getting jacked everywhere. Like it just it, yeah it happens but but that's the thing like it, it, the DM's got to realize that the game as much as it's your baby, it's the player's baby as well. Like they they get to run more of it than you do. You're setting a scene. You can have what you want happen, and you can pigeonhole. Don't be afraid to pigeonhole once in a while because you need to advance the story, but let them grow. Let them grow as players so they're not scared to do something. If I didn't let people grow, I wouldn't have Sir Pamphalot. And that is some of the funniest shit that I've had to deal with. <laughs> I mean that honestly. Uh, I want to thank Dan and Jason for coming by again. At this point, Jason's just a fucking member. He can just introduce himself next time. Or Jason, yeah. Jason, just introduce yourself next time. You keep, you're, you're here all the damn time. Or you can just sit there waving. I mean, for the podcast, I kind of need you to like introduce us so people who are listening on all of those other fun stuff can't hear this. Uh, Dan, thank you again for coming by. We'll have you next week. Hopefully, uh, Micah won't be fucked up for his time. Uh, and, and we'll have everybody here, and everything will be great. Uh, for Comic Clowns Podcast, this is Bruce Warchie Hoover. Bruce, the important best guys. Don Giovanni Macaluso. Love the goddamn place. And you guys, and you guys have a fa- and you guys have a fantastic evening. Cheers. I promise I'm waving. <laughs> <laughs>